we should do a one, two, three clap while we're here. Okay. Alright. One. One, two, two three. three. Clap. <laughs> Beautiful. That's the best one yet. <laughs> I, can sm I can smell it. I didn't hear it. And I didn't see it. At least we don't count to fucking ten anymore. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Alright, well we are here. Welcome to the awesome podcast. <laughs> I'm Aaron Lewis. I'm Ryan MacArthur, also known as Popey. Also known as Popey. Because I've been referred to on the podcast. You've been addressing me as Popey, and I realize that, you know, maybe sometimes people don't realize that it's right, me I mean, you're talking about. Right, right. Also, shortened to Pope. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking you could call me Schmare if you wanted. <laughs> Schmare. <laughs> I could if I wanted. But. That's the only thing close to a nickname that I ever call for me. Airshmare. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean, we could spend a half an hour going into both of our nicknames, but maybe we'll save that for another night. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, on this podcast, this is where we try to remember movies from the past, watch them again, and see if we can relive the joy, shame, fun, and humiliation of our formative years. But it's mostly an excuse to hang out. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. It's poignant. So, uh, tonight we are talking about 1983's Blue Thunder. <laughs> Blue Thunder! <laughs> I just clipped. Sorry. I know, I love it. I love it. So, uh, the first thing we like to do is talk a little bit about what we remembered before watching it again uh give your twitter synopsis in 180 characters or less without looking at imdb first yeah so i had this government corruption and political intrigue are uncovered by the pilot of a high-tech police helicopter oh you really remembered the government corruption part yeah yeah all right i just had uh Awesome high-tech helicopter goodness from Vietnam vet LAPD pilot Roy Scheider. Teenage boy trifecta includes moments of comedy, nudity, and a helicopter gunfight over the skies of L.A. I like that one. That one's a better summary. That better explains the movie than my, my <laughs> well, plot synopsis, I think. Because I think it, it highlights the actual features of the movie. That right, yours made is the intellectual good. thing. Yeah, mine is just the, the, the plot that's kind of secondary to, you know, the actual <laughs> right. movie itself, which right. is helicopter yeah. porn kind right. of Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, spoiler alert, the reviews are, don't worry about the plot so much, try to enjoy the helicopter. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I had forgotten that going into it, and I was expecting my Twitter synopsis, which I did, which is actually kind of buried in the action it's an action movie it is an action movie yeah, yeah yeah so did you have any recollection of seeing this in the theater not in the theater no no i must have seen this on cable i think i think that's mostly where i i yeah. think i did see it with my dad um <laughs> i don't recall details of seeing it then so i think i just saw it once in the theater and how many times do you think you've seen this film before this rewatching. Um, I'd go with uh, a handful. Anything bigger than a handful, you're risking a sprint tone. Yeah. Uh, maybe two, two, three times, maybe. Yeah. I think maybe five, two to five times. I think it might be five plus. I mean, not ten, but I think over five. And I okay. think 
and I felt going into it that I could remember almost the entire plot. Okay. I mean, it wasn't scene for scene, but I remember right. going into it, huge number of details. So, yeah, it made well, a huge impression, or I've seen it a ton. Well, I remember a lot of the plot from your explanations of the plot. Like, I don't remember them saying the lines. I remember you saying the lines, and that's how I remember <laughs> the lines from it. So those were my pre-recollection quotes where actually it was actually seeing you saying the line rather than... You're recalling me. Like Malcolm McDowell saying the line or something. Yeah, yeah. So I was wondering, like, did you have a VHS copy off of HBO or something that I borrowed? Or maybe it was rentals. I don't know. It's possible. It's possible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I definitely... Yeah, when this came up and I started thinking about it, I'm like, I can remember a lot of this film. So this one had a big effect on me. Um, right. Uh, so top three memorable moments or scenes, if you have that many. Right. So the top three I had... Uh... Who's tonight's top ten? Well, really, I just have one, nude yoga. Nude yeah. yoga. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's my number two. Yeah. I guess I have a couple other notes. Whisper mode, quiet flying. Ah, whisper mode, right. And infrared imaging. Okay. Yeah. All right, yeah, so the tech stuff, that would definitely have appealed to you at this time, right? Well, to all of us, but... So I had, the quote was, um, I definitely remember a British asshole doing, follow my leader, follow my leader, I can't do it, but... And then Roy Scheider, you know, snidely going, we're following his leader. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I distinctly remembered that. Peeping Tom helicopter watching naked yoga. yoga. Looking! Found someone you have, I would say. <laughs> Through a hillside window until the neighbors complain. That was fixed in my memory. Uh, and then the loop. I remembered the loop as, like, the key thing. Uh, okay. Killer move to defeat the bad guys. It was Roy's magic helicopter ability was he can do a loop. So I remembered that. Right, yes, right. And I remember you saying, you quoting, that's impossible. <laughs> right. That's impossible, even for a computer. I'll spoil. I went and researched afterwards. Wait, is looping a helicopter impossible? Yeah. Okay. All right. And what'd you, you find? Um, no, it's not impossible. It's a, uh, early we... helicopters wouldn't have enough, basically, power and torque to do it. Okay. Um, it can be done. There's a couple of, I think, more recent copters that were built that are pretty good at it and can regularly do things like barrel rolls. Okay. And they do them at stunt shows and stuff. Do you, Let's do our rating scales. Okay. All right. And now's the time for rate a record. What is your name? My name is Gerhard Mueller. Yeah, I forget what we start with. Oh, let's start with science. Hey! How about you start this time? Okay, I'll go. Yeah. All right, so science... On a scale of 1 to 14. Give it. I gave it three stars. I've vaguely recalled it was generally grounded in reality with a generally cohesive plot. Yeah. (laughs) That was my recollection. Um, They showed off technology that seemed plausible, even if it probably wasn't, along with helicopter action that seemed plausible but probably isn't. (laughs) It it, it felt plausible, so I give it a three. I didn't feel like I was watching fantasy. What did you okay. give for science? I, I also gave it a three. Okay. Based on the uh, infrared imaging. And apparently I, I believed that such a thing as quiet flying could exist or existed. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that one sticks out a little bit. It's like, 
Sorry, what's the technology uh, here? I think, uh, you know, you could do it with, you know, some kind of acoustic phase shifting, maybe, or something. I don't know. Bullhorns and phase shifted loudspeakers, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, you're putting up a pretty good defense there. I didn't <laughs> see the loudspeakers, but that's a thing. Phase shifting yeah. is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> They've got silencers on guns. Why not a helicopter okay. plane, right? That was probably my sure. level of thinking. Like, okay. oh, I bet they could do that. Right, right. That shit could really happen. Um, all right, the um, political correctness rating. I gave it... Um, this is politically incorrect. Two stars, I would say. So usually, like, neutral would be a three. So I'm giving it... They're losing some PC points. I think the the nude yoga... Nude yoga. <laughs> nude yoga. Plus, um, I remember there's zooming in on a cleavage scene. Oh, you remember that? Okay. Yeah, I remember right. that. Didn't make the top three, but yeah, I remember no. that. I thought left us kind of with macho role models who see women as objects and don't give them a serious role, so they lose a star there. But otherwise, our heroes are good guys. Okay. All right. Yeah, I gave it a two and a half. Sadly, there are no integers on this scale. I think based on kind of secondary roles of women but then it was kind of offset by uh superficial addressing of race class issues mm. all right so let's go well let's follow with the um i think it's so closely tied to the social value impact rating right right let's do that one i gave that one a three based on the race class issues as i mentioned and then unchecked power you know the the theme that absolute you know power tends to corrupt absolute right. power corrupts right. absolute Yeah, see, you remember, I remember none of the issues about the, well, I said like maybe one and a half stars for something about anti-police state or anti-militarizing the police. Yeah. Otherwise, I didn't think it was more than an action flick. So I thought that was like a tiny thing on the side. Okay. That's actually the point of the film as written. Right, right. I mean, the intellectual part the, of the film. Well, the plot, yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, the plot. That's the, the word. plot part, yeah. Well, <laughs> right. that ties in, well, because it comes back, the reason I remember that was because the quotability. So I gave the quotability two, uh, because it is largely an action. I think I remembered most of my quotes, again, through you, you know. Yeah. And, and they were quotes like, we're following his leader. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which would be you doing it in your accent we're following uh, this leader but i did remember the line they're stirring up trouble in the barrio just to prove what this chopper can do wow you remember that yeah wow yeah and yeah i did not i don't know if that was the exact line but it was pretty verbatim when actually when i played it back yeah, it is. I think. So, yeah. i'm impressed yeah i i gave it like one and a half for quotability okay. um I mean, I recall you. Well, actually, I recall both of us saying we're following his leader. Like we would, we would use that together. Yeah. Um, we're following his leader. <laughs> I think maybe we tried to use Jaffo a couple times, but it, there was yeah. not enough good reasons to use that. No, no. It's a good yeah. joke in the movie, but yeah. Yeah. It was tons of memorable scenes, but not quotes, so not so right. quotable. Right. All right, so we saved the uh, best for last here, the nudity rating. Right. Nudity. Right. I gave that a solid three, mm -hmm. just based on the yoga. Right. I Same thing, top and bottom nudity, which is 
straight voyeurism. My recollection was it wasn't well lit and from a distance, but, uh -huh. you know, it was observing an exhibitionist, which is fun. Okay, next question. Did you buy or do you still have any merchandise related to this film? So, I mean, I, I just got a funny story. I got a Blu-ray copy. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> but it wasn't going to come in time potentially for our initial podcast recording. So I used my 99-cent voodoo rental in order to get a 48-hour rental, which I was exci <laughs> excited about, nice. actually, and then watched it there. And then finally the Blu-ray came. So I do have a Blu-ray, but just now I have the Blu-ray. Oh. So have for, you, does it have, like, cool special features or anything? It has some special features, yeah, yeah. And I watched one of them just on the the making of the helicopter. Oh, cool. Or the helicopters, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. you know, I've been renting, so I, the, I have nothing except I bought the Voodoo to watch. But that doesn't have any special features, so okay. I'm kind of missing out here. Uh, the only other thing I could say about merchandise was I did try to build a Blue Thunder helicopter out of my oh. own Legos. Okay, nice. Yeah. Well, it was a miserable failure. I can remember myself in my house yeah. at Nielsen Street trying to get something like that cockpit. Yeah, yeah. And it's so many angles and like right. I just I ended up giving it. And then I spent a while I made a rotor at one point. I did have some rotors and then yeah. I gave up. I couldn't do it. It was a failure. Yeah. Okay. Alright. Helicopters are tough. That's the, but that just goes to show how much of an impact this film had on you that you would embark on such a, such a, a project. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. No, I was. I wanted that helicopter. Yeah. yeah. I mean, such a cool helicopter. So I did. I did a little cursory eBay search for Blue Thunder, and it's like they there's some kind of collectible diecast that was introduced, I think, recently that you can get for hundreds of dollars. You know? Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but there was nothing at the time. I don't think this movie was merchandised as such because it's an R-rated movie, right? Right. So the kids wouldn't be, you know, clamoring right. uh, necessarily for merch from it. Right. Because they shouldn't they... have seen it. Right. They shouldn't have seen it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I heard they um, there's rumors of a remake. Okay. All which, right. Which, it would be half awesome because what they could do with modern special effects, and then they'd probably ruin it by either making it too heavy or they'd do some really stupid stuff, but... I don't know, yeah, I'd go stupid on this one, yeah. Yeah. But that's me. Well, there's we'll, a lot we'll, you can we'll do with cover the police that. state stuff. We'll cover that later, though. Okay. Maybe we'll go a little more into that. Well, so let's go back to when we were, when this came out in 83. It was a May 83 release, so let's talk a little bit about where we were, like your house, your school year, or what this meant to you at the time. You? Yeah, May 83, that would have been, what, uh, sixth grade? Um, yeah, I think, well, I was finishing fifth in Marin, I think. Okay, in May, May of yeah. 83, right? Right, yeah. right. So Fifth's 10 years great. old, living in yeah. Albany. My yes. parents divorced, so this would be the phase of my dad taking us to, like, two movies a week, so we got to see everything. And this was R-rated, so probably one of the first 20 R-rated films I ever saw. Okay. Wow. Sweet. Yeah, so I think that was one, you know, that cemented, like, my dad being a hero, taking me to movies like this, right? Yeah. 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 
action movie, and then there was even some nudity. Nudity! Because <laughs> you were Winning. a big kid at that point. Right. You were, you were accepted into the pantheon of R-rated cinema goers. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I always felt that was Pantheon's a special Pantheon's the thing. wrong word. It was. It's more of a club, I guess. The, uh, Secret yeah. society. Secret society, yeah. I, I I think I always carried that around as a special, like, I get to see R-rated movies. Like, right, yeah. My dad trusts me to handle that. Yeah. And uh, I was always psyched about that. I thought it was Thanks. special because yeah well mature it's in the it's in the advisory right so you're a mature you're a mature audience member right yeah right and i was definitely i mean you remember me at 10 i was so mature (laughs) (laughs) you you could be i think yeah when you i didn't i don't know if it took effort or what but yeah you definitely I probably had the mental capacity to be mature, but whether I actually executed on maturity on a daily basis in front of people, I think think that's probably back uh, when you developed the line, uh, so immature. (laughs) Would I say that? (laughs) Yeah, I think that. I've forgotten this. I I have no recollection, Senator, of uttering this phrase. Right before you'd get into a, uh, you know, wrestling match about, you know, nothing in particular. Yeah. <laughs> Are you remembering me doing this with you or watching me with somebody else? <laughs> no, I was just, actually I was remembering more high school kind of with the wrestling and the wrestling <laughs> over who was taller or who was older or just in general, I think. Right. <laughs> Yeah. All, all struggling for uh, supremacy. Yes, that's right. Yes. So back at this age, I remember I was definitely in the phase of liking machines. Like, I think at that yeah. point I had my first decent RC car, the Grasshopper. Oh, the Grasshopper. Yes. With Which the... was the cheapest one you could buy, but it was it worked. Yeah, but it was no toy. It was it was a it was a. A hobby RC car. It wasn't one of these little off-the-shelf toys, kind of. Right, right. It took hours to build it. Custom parts, shocks. uh, Right. What, three, four-channel RC system servos. I remember the servos, actually, were exposed, and you could see... You know the the little rods that would turn the the pinion and stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and rubber, real rubber tires. Real you know, rubber were, tires. Yeah. yeah, it was uh, and that big ass seven point two volt battery. Yes, with and, the external charger or whatever. Yeah. Right, right. So it'd run for like seven minutes, and then it took right. twelve hours to charge. Right, right. <laughs> but it would go thirty miles an hour or something on the ground, like flat out, right? Well, there was the it frog. It was fast. It was like, fast. Leaf had the frog, which was okay. faster. And then do you remember? I mean, I was obsessive about those things, but I had the grasshopper. Yeah, and it would do 25 or 30. Yeah. It would make that great whine when it got up to speed. But then there was one. Like a Volkswagen Scirocco. (laughs) Yeah, just, but shrunken down. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's a little high pitched whine. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) But I remember we would, like, read about them in catalogs, or we'd get information from. Leaf, because right. his dad owned the hobby shop. Right. Remember, there was one called the like Mile a Mint or something that would do sixty, and I would like daydream about being on the freeway in a real car, like driving it next to me, and like, <laughs> I, 
you know, I would think about that stuff. So, and I would slaver over the near impossible idea of owning an RC helicopter. Yeah, yeah. And I recall we like looked into it like they cost like a thousand dollars. Well, they had one hanging up at the Boodle. Oh right, at they, one there time. was one it was there. Like, on loan somebody had lent it to the boodle to display and it was like it wasn't just a thousand i thought it was like 10 grand or something okay something crazy yeah. Yeah, yeah it may have been a thousand it was up it was, there it was a serious piece of of machinery yeah it was yeah i mean i would just stare you know, at it was it, like, like it was like about four or five feet long or something yeah it was a yeah, big, and it you big. needed like six channels to control the right. thing and i remember right. being told like it takes two years to learn to fly it without crashing right right although yeah. i don't know how you learn but yeah that was never right. explained simulator or something i don't know yeah. yeah that's how he knows what he's doing so that was the period for this stuff i mean i loved action stuff and cops and robbers and right. war action was good yeah. exciting stuff for my, so this movie was, you know, right in my wheelhouse for entertainment. Yeah, yeah. And I was just, uh, I think my father used to take us to air shows and stuff. And so oh, I was yeah. I was more of an airplane guy. But yeah, mm-hmm. definitely helicopters were, were in that kind of group of machines that, you know, little boys are really, really into. And I had books on, you know, airplanes and and helicopters and stuff that I would study, you know, just like, uh, they would be like atlases, basically, right. aircraft, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember, so. you had a lot of that stuff. My dad took us to, like, two air shows. Okay. Was that a regular thing for you and your dad? Yeah, yeah, it was fairly regular, yeah, us and Sean, I think, would go to sometimes, okay. yeah, yeah. But, well, I remember you you had models, and you would, right. later on, you had, like, the Jane's Defense Weekly stuff. and That's right. I saved were... up I saved up for years for a uh, copy of Jane's All the World's Aircraft. Nice. Yeah, because they would often have a used copy for sale at Pegasus Books. And so, and it was like 60 bucks, 60 or 70 bucks, which was a lot of money. It still is a lot of money yeah. uh, for a kid to be wielding around but you know back then i think yeah it was it took me a a good good while to save up in order to get finally get a copy of that book so you know when thinking about it like i must have rewatched this movie a bunch of times but i don't think i was that girl crazy at 10 so i think my initial love of the movie was definitely about the helicopter yeah the cool nude scene was just a side note what was it humorous at all or was it just a thing that they put into an R-rated movie that you thought was kind of... I don't think I knew what to do with it at the time. I was just yeah. like, oh, this is a feature, the thing, kind of thing that happens in R-rated movies. That's okay. great. Right, right, yeah, okay. I yeah. think I came to expect it, you know? Right. Or maybe that was my criteria for a good R-rated movie. Like, since uh-huh. you've got the R, right. let's show a naked woman because right. we can. Right, right. Why wouldn't you if you've got an R rating? Right, right. <laughs> and that's probably still today part yeah. of how I feel about our film. <laughs> and you wonder you wonder if, you know, they if there was some kind of marketing strategy that they had to make it R, you know, like if if they figured they'd get a better audience with an R rating or something, you know, and so they actually added elements in order to make it R. You know, oh, I always uh, heard that they've always avoided it because okay. it cuts the revenue down when you go oh, on. Okay, all right. And so, but I think it, once you've decided you have some elements that are R enough, 
uh-huh. then you might as well add more to it to draw okay. people in. Okay. But I think if you can, you say under the threshold. Okay, all right. And I think that's been true for a long time. But no, I think there was an original script that was like far more violent where he ends up okay. losing it and shooting up the city. And I remember we got to talking about a taxi driver. I said, hey, how about an LAPD helicopter pilot that goes crazy and shoots up the city? So I think they uh, okay. were intending to do something pretty bloody the whole time. Okay. They were looking, they were near okay, the border so of the R rating. This, it was a hard yeah. R the whole way. Okay, all right, all right. How does she do that? Beats the hell out of me. Don't push on the pedals. So you did some research, or maybe you saw the thing. I did the helicopter, I mean, it was a real helicopter. It was something called an SA-341G Gazelle. Yeah, modified actually... Bolt-on parts. Yeah, I'm not sure. I was reading some of the same stuff, and in the um, in the production notes on the special features of the Blu-ray, they actually say it's an Alouette. Our pilot, Jim Gavin, had said, I think the Alouette is the one that you want to use. So oh. they actually had two Alouettes that they had modified, and they actually chopped off things and then added things oh. back onto it. And it was still nose heavy. That was, yeah. yeah, and and it was heavy in general because I think they were adding things on from a production, from a movie production standpoint, not from you know anything valuable to the aircraft aerospace, properties. yeah, yeah aerospace right. kind of right. you know. Right. The it was a producer saying this would look really cool if you bolted right. these giant things on. Right. And there's a guy who knows about helicopters going, "Oh my God, that's right. another four hundred right. pounds." It's like, well, they knew what elements they wanted, you know, and so they needed to incorporate in order to get the look that they wanted, you know. But right. at the same time, you know, they didn't necessarily use, you know, aircraft grade titanium in order to, you know, right to custom, achieve that custom parts. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, but they actually did, I think, chop up the hell and then weld it back together. And yeah, so this bolt-on thing, I'm not sure, but well, I think there are definitely some bolt-on parts. But they didn't yeah. have the actual original cockpit, you know, inside another cockpit. I think. Right. No, I think thing. you're yeah, right. They chopped right, it open yeah. and then they made a canopy that's supposed to look more like an Apache. Right. Right. Exactly. Right, and give yeah. you an Apache attack copter feeling. Right, definitely oh. with that little little turret underneath. That was definitely that's right. There was that, yeah. no such straight helicopter. Straight sixty four. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. An Apache does have a turret, just very similar to that. Or a little, a li it doesn't have the gun, but it has that forward-looking infrared camera thing okay. under the and um, and the the helmet-mounted thing. I think was supposed to be also Apache. I'm not like right, right, yeah. I read about that online as well. That there were systems sure. that would track to the yeah. helmet. Yeah, but the yeah the Finestron tail on it was uh, a rare is a rare feature in helicopters, and so that was that was definitely an aerospatial kind of thing that, that they. So that's when the rotor is contained. Yeah, inside in the, the tail. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely a great part of the look. Well, let's jump into the movie. Yeah. It comes up with the, a really nice, well, it's brief intro titles, uh -huh. right? And it comes in with this computer font 
right? Yes. Where the, there's big gaps, and it makes Good. this sound like, when did a computer ever make that noise as characters appear in real yeah. life? I don't know. It's a good question. It had to have... Something had to have inspired it, you know? Well, the movie War Games? Yeah, right. I think War Games was the year before, and they did all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the font itself was, uh, yeah, like CRT scanning kind of, you know, monochrome 40-column font, you know? Right. Which which I appreciate. You know. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it puts you back in your comfort zone of when you learned about computer screens. Right, right. I mean, you know, and it kind of holds up in a way. I mean, yeah. It looks retro now. So they jump right into police helicopter station, and they're saying, where the hell's Murphy? And he's playing with his Casio watch. Casio, watches that do more than keep time. They keep you ahead of your time. Right. Which is like a character in the film. Yeah, digital, it's a digital display of an analog kind of hands that goes around and like, yeah. I wanted that watch, that Casio watch. Casio clearly displayed, you always knew it was a Casio. Right. And it did that cool countdown, like, I I wanted that watch after I saw this movie. Oh, I went on to eBay and started looking for... Cassie, not the same model, but definitely, definitely looking back at the old right. line of, of, of different digital and analog watches that they had. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great. Yeah, Casio was great. Uh, Armatron was another brand that was slightly lesser. Seiko, oh. Seiko was the big, the big high roller brand. I think. Oh, right. Oh. That was fancy. Yeah. No, that yeah. was that was out of my league. Yeah. But anyway. So he's playing with the watch, and then playing Daniel Stern the watch, yeah. is uh, comes a very in. young, young Daniel Stern. So young, yeah. Uh, he's called Lyman Good. Lyman, that new guy, uh, Lyman Good. What? Me, Lyman Good. Outstanding. Um, and then they—it doesn't take long before they get in the helicopter, but the. They really bring it up, like, the music for their first flight is, like, military battle epic. Right. For what is a routine L.A. helicopter patrol flight. Right, right. They do do some character establishment, they try to do some character establishment with Lima Good, I think. You know, right from the first scene. Where he's his boots are untightened, right? And he's like dropping papers on the the helipad, you know. And they're right, flying he's, off. he's like yeah. the idiot rookie, right? Who yeah. can't do shit, right? Which is right. which is funny because of later, yeah. He's like, well, yeah. So they we'll get into that, but he's set up as, you know, the idiot um, young person. Murphy doesn't even know he's flying with him until right. a couple of minutes later. Yeah. You get the introduction of the hardened police captain, who is just boy does he nail that. Oh yeah, he's awesome. With yeah. the uh, the mustache and the the kind War- of his southern accent. It's Warren Oates. I mean, yeah. S- Sergeant Hulka. I don't know if you remember Sergeant Hulka from Stripes. But... Oh yeah, it's Sergeant yeah. Hulka. Oh my god. Maybe you'd like to uh, take a swing at me. Yeah, yeah, and, and the, uh, they, the brilliant he's, he's in the Oates. end titles because I guess he died in post production. So yeah, this is his last right. 
his last film. Right, one of his last films, yeah. Yeah, so, oh, he's just great as yeah. the, like... Yeah, no, as as the, the tough, uh, you know, foul-mouthed, overworked, you know... Right. Um, seen, seen more than you'll ever see in your lifetime. Right. You know, right. Sergeant, yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, he's... I'm talking about something important, like discipline and duty and honor and courage. He's transcended morality and corruption and right. whatever. You know, he's just the, that grizzled veteran thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't, don't, there's nothing you can tell me, kid, that I don't already know, I haven't seen, I've seen it all. It, he, he nails that in like 10 seconds, you know yeah. that he knows right. it all. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Is that right? So they go up on their little flight, and then it's not very long before we get to, you know, the iconic nude yoga scene with Lyman Good saying, hey, can we go do that thing that I've heard all the helicopter right. pilots get to see? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm too early. I'm not yet. No, I'm not ready. No. <laughs> there are a few other things that they, no, no. they, they do first. They have action. They, they, they establish that people the police helicopters, despite not being mounted with guns, right. can do a lot. Right. And they help apprehend a couple of armed guys in um, who just robbed a liquor store. Right. And one of them's wearing an A's cap. Why do they do that, do you think? Yeah. <laughs> like, really getting a dig in. These are L.A. people, right? These are L.A. must have been... Yeah, I don't know. Like... <laughs> Who's down it's in always, LA wearing an A's cap robbing liquor stores? Like, yeah. Are they saying that only out of towners from LA like do do crimes there? It's like everyone's yeah. it's this right, xenophobia, right. this LA xenophobia or like just, Well, we know that know, most Los Angelinos are saints, so yeah. Although this guy is an idiot, right? So he gets chased into a you know, uh an empty lot and he fires at the helicopter. Jesus Christ! Well, he was trying to take out the searchlight, right? I assume down. so. Yeah. But yeah. Well, you know, maybe he's hopped up on something. Maybe that's that's his character that he was, you know. I guess so. Shot. I mean, they he's firing back at the other police officers too, which yeah. actually is very rare for perpetrators to actually shoot back at police. Okay. This does All not right. happen a lot. Okay. All right. But uh, you know, they get the action of we're going down, we're gonna dust him, we gotta dust right. him. Right, and they establish yeah. that helicopter can not only pin you with the spotlight, but dust yeah. you. Yeah, dust you and get sand in your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. They got it knocked. Um, right. So they establish police work and what they can do, and then they go on patrol, and they establish that Murphy is really awesome cop. Like he notices the abandoned car. Right. Right. As being like, that's not in the right neighborhood, let's call it in. Yeah. In in the dark, without binoculars, he picks up on that. Check that ride down there at 10 o'clock. Which one? Underneath the tree at the end of the road. Oh, how do you see that shit? And they're in Encino. In fashionable Brentwood. They show the bad guy in the car, who is a real that guy. I, did, I meant to look him up, but he's a guy, he's got like... Yeah acne damage on his face yeah. and he, it's, it's narrow and yeah he's so evil you just know he's yeah. pure evil i think he's been around since star trek too right he was in a few of the original 
Or at I least think one. you're right. It was either, no, it wasn't Star Trek, I think it was Buck Rogers. He was in Buck Rogers. This is who I am. You can't imagine life on my planet. Oh, wow. He may have been in both, but yeah. Man. He, he, so you're like, okay, bad guy, yeah. really bad guy. And so they transpose now what is a pivotal scene for the plot with the naked yoga. They're right. happening at the same time. Right. So Lyman Good is totally lecherous. I mean, you can kind of forgive him for being young, and I guess I would be too. And if I heard that maybe we could go see the naked lady, I would probably have asked for it as a rookie. Right. Especially in 1983. But, you know, the way he's talking and acting was a little cringeworthy. Yeah, yeah. For me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, at least he was supposed to have binoculars with him already, but... Right. Uh, oh, she's fantastic. You know. But this this kind of reminded me of the uh, John LaRoquette character from Stripes here again. Right. With, with the shower <laughs> scene when... Pick when, up the soap. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. How does she do that? How does she do that? <laughs> that's, that's, that's a strong memory we have to... So it was, it was kind of a, a, a film element that they've used, you know... It, uh, before or since I, I don't remember whether it was before or after but well he's standing in for the male psyche who's really psyched to see a naked woman yeah, right? yeah but he's talking right. out loud in a way most of us don't talk out loud but he's saying what's maybe in a lot of our heads okay yeah right maybe. and then they do give you my memory was it was oh they're looking at her through a window from a distance but then they give you a full close-up for a right. few seconds yeah and she is kind of doing yoga it's not they make it not X-rated. It's, yeah. You know, it's pretty exciting the way she's bending her legs around, and it's, it's you know, it's, it's high sensual. quality. It is actually. Yeah. She's she's yeah. very beautiful. She's really good at the yoga. Classy is more sophisticated, educated debutante high society birth station game. You know, they earned the stars there okay. for the nudity stars. All right. It wasn't it wasn't lame nudity. It was. It is quite brief though. Yeah, yeah. So, and they do have it intermixed with the action too, which is kind of weird and kind of offsets it a little in right. terms of the shit's going down now, right? Right. At the the councilwoman is being attacked, yeah. right? And bloodied, and they're cutting back and forth. And the police arrive on that scene, and they've right. already like shot one of the guys, and you're seeing right. blood. And then you're, there's still a little more nudity that comes after that. The police are there in kind of an amazing amount of time. So just to nitpick, right, somehow it looks like they're in the midst of the attack and yet they get the call on the radio that there's a attempted rape in progress. Right. Who right. called that in? Right. And well, then the police are there within like 30 seconds. Again, there's cops this may, on the ground. This may be one of those good neighborhoods, you know, like that they talk about with, you know. That could be. Quick police response and, you know, high volumes of, you know. Of patrol cars or what have you. Yeah, I mean, maybe there's a neighbor who likes to look through his binoculars every time Councilwoman Leanne comes home and watch her walk to her front door. That's right. <laughs> or maybe another neighbor had noticed this out of place car, you know, and had been keeping an eye on the situation themselves, you know, from across the street oh, or something. Oh, you know, it just occurred to me they called in the car. Well, call it in. Abandoned vehicle. Right. Right, they did call Maybe the there car. was a black and white given a drive-by yeah. for that yeah. reason. Right. right, And then they start to see the attack. Yeah. 
and they say, holy crap, it's an attempted rape on their radio, and that, that's actually pretty plausible. I should give them points for plausibility there. That abandoned car we called in, the Chevy, that was a stakeout. Um, yeah, where's your willing suspension of disbelief on this? Yeah. <laughs> no, no stakeout. I make out a couple of kids that couldn't afford a hot sheet motel. Kids go to Mulholland. They don't go to a dead-end street in Brentwood. That's not the pattern. Forget patterns, Frank, period. Well, it's slightly outweighed my desire to be the correct nit nitpicker who knows it all and is okay. better than the writers. <laughs> you know, there's a little conflict there. <laughs> this is the new me, Popey. Now I can go back and say I was wrong. And that was very plausible. Good job. After nailing you to the wall, now I'll take you down off the wall and give you crap. Oh, good, good, good job. It's very mature of you. Oh, thank you. Really? <laughs> very mature. So they, they go into the attack there, and then the... It's quite a sequence where the cops show up and the bad guys are now kind of on the run. And the councilwoman is like, "No, don't shoot them!" And right. there's slow mo let, of let the guy go, getting let them go. Yeah. shot on the fence. Right. And Murphy has his first episode. Yeah, he does. He almost it's almost like a blackout or something. And right. He, so this he lets is... the sticks slip, and he's he's having flashbacks to the river. Right. Yeah. This. Yeah. The, really traumatic river uh, experience the experience over the river that he had right right and we just see uh, an asian man in the window of a helicopter screaming and i'm not sure we see him thrown out of the window in that first right. scene or not but there's he's obviously not, like he's not pulled into the helicopter though. No. yeah yeah no and so it's obviously back when murphy was flying in nam you know bad shit happened so this is ptsd depicted um, it's a combination of um, an event, uh, which uh, is a catastrophic sort of traumatic event. It's been defined in different ways really since the 1980 uh, version. Uh, symptoms that are occurring in response to the event. Um, and then a behavioral reaction uh, to those symptoms, uh, which is characterized by uh, severe distress and loss of functioning. Uh, and then a, a duration of symptoms, which uh, has to be beyond four weeks in order to meet criteria for uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. Right, right. Yeah. You know, which is much more, I think, powerful to me in 2018 than it was at yeah. the time. Right, right. Like, I'd heard of guys, like, having flashbacks from NOM, and I didn't know what it meant. Yeah. I guess I could conceive that, like, when you go through heavy shit with guns, that that would affect you. Yeah. But I, have, of course, had no idea just how much. Right. Now we have some understanding. So, in a way, this is this is quite powerful, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it's the it's the drama of the situation too. He didn't have it when they're at the liquor store thing. But right. Here he's seeing something where maybe the lines of justice are being crossed. Like, okay, did they need to keep firing at that guy in the fence? Right. Right. There's certain things that have triggered this that right. weren't part of the the other exercise that they were doing. So right. he's he's having some sort of yeah, some sort of combination of stimuli are causing the the flashbacks. Yeah. Right. Like his sense of justice while he's stuck doing his duty 
Right. I mean, now that I've seen the whole film, it's because he's stuck being a willing participant and he can't stop it. He's helping with the spotlight for the cops to execute a guy right. who should be arrested and not executed. Yeah, yeah. He disagrees with it. He doesn't say anything, and that really hurts him. Right, yeah, and the and he slumps over. He, like, yeah, right. then they cut back to him in the actual cockpit, and he's slumped over. He's, you know, letting the stick slip the... the Helicopters losing control, right? Right, and, and Jaffo's like, "Whoa!" Starting to flutter around and fall out of the sky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have to pay attention while flying those helicopters. Yeah. So, but he does recover himself, and they go back to base, and then they get they get chewed out by the captain, right? Right. He he starts saying. You know, one of the really fun things about this job, it's reading the complaints of the public. <laughs> it's so good. So good. They they get the chance to refer to the captain as the old man, which is important. I had 20 years in this outfit when your idea of a big time was sitting in front of the TV tube, watching Bugs Bunny, and gnawing on your fudgesicle. They start to give you some some clues about the actual intellectual stuff like the mayor that woman was part of the mayor's special task force on urban violence so yeah, her being yeah. attacked is quite i guess ironic right it's a little touch of irony there if you like that sort of thing huh but then murphy is immediately showing all of his natural detective skills right he's mentioning right. the things that are out of place and wrong right. and like and the chief doesn't give a damn Right. About any facts. Right. And he grounds them until all this shit blows over. Right. Because he might, he might have gotten a more sympathetic ear if he had been following protocol and doing what he was supposed to be doing and in the place he was supposed to be, you know. Right. Instead of Instead of getting, getting complaints from the public about what they were doing, yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, that's, there is a little justice there. Like, if you want to be the hero. Yeah. You know, don't screw around. Right. Doesn't bother you that that car doesn't have any plates? Doesn't bother you that that car wasn't there when we came back? It doesn't bother you that rapists don't travel I'll in pairs? I'll tell you what bothers me, Frank, is some bright-eyed son of a bitch may get the idea to ask what the hell you were doing five miles out of your assigned patrol sure. area. That's what bothers sure. me. But at so. the same, t same time, you know, how much is his trust of leadership, you know, going into right. this to begin with, you know, if he's you know, called on to do things that aren't necessarily within his moral wheelhouse, you know. Right. Not wheelhouse, his moral uh, frame. Moral framework? Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, we're making up these terms and they're sticking. I don't know. <laughs> You're supposed to be stupid, son. Don't abuse the privilege. People will talk like we... Morality, yeah. yeah. Morality, yeah. yeah. And then the captain mentions about your wig out last month and your psychiatric right. evaluation... Yeah, yeah. So, you know, they they plant some seeds there that, like, we're not the only one noticing that he That's cracks right. out in helicopters or something. Or, or lashes out at co-workers, right? Yeah. Yeah, because I think his, one of the other guys on the, on the helipad at the first scene says, you know, I, I wouldn't uh, uh, trust him. Personally, I wouldn't fly with him for a bullet. It's Jack Daniels. Daniels. Right. <laughs> How did that one not make it into yeah, our quotability? I don't know. A bull that pissed Jack Daniels. Yeah, I don't know why he chose a bull, you know? It's like, why? 
Do you need a bowl to piss Jack Daniels? I guess it's impressive when they piss if you like watching that kind of thing. I guess so, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I think we learned a lot about him in that statement. <laughs> well, and there's more quotes that didn't stick after this movie. The chief says, if you're walking on eggs, don't hop. And the moral of the story is, if you're walking on eggs, don't hop. <laughs> That's it. Which is, and then Murphy leaves the office. He, he leaves the office, and he he shouts, "Don't hop!" Right, <laughs> just to scare the other people who've been <laughs> watching him get chewed out through the window. Well, because well, that was him displaying his professionalism, right? He maintains his composure while he gets the trickle down chew out, you know, from right. the chief, and then he closes the door, leaves the office, and then he, you know, Loses lets it, yeah. out with the vent. Don't hop! Right. Yeah. Yeah, right. so it's showing that he does have a certain amount of, you know, discipline, I think. He has a certain amount, right. Like, he hasn't gotten to... He's still an active, flying LAPD guy because sure. he's usually in control. Yeah. And he's yeah. probably good at what he does. Yeah. So then they, they put in a couple little rituals. He drives this black Trans Am, which is pretty cool, and he starts up the Casio watch again and yeah. has some little ritual of how he pulls out of the parking lot super right. fast. Yeah. Or like trying to beat his own time or something. Yeah, he does a little slalom between the cones that divide the lanes, yeah. Right. And, you know, which is really consistent with a pilot type of jockey guy. Although I feel like he seems a little old for the fighter jock role. You think? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they tried some other people and they're like, you can't pull this off. We need a real right. actor. Like well, they, need, they needed a vet, right? And right, then, that's true, that's true, because Vietnam was 10 years ago, and that's right. central to the story, so you can't and be the, 20. And then the other thing is, you know, once a flyboy, always a flyboy, maybe? Yeah, yeah, you know? I, I mean, right. it could be, you know, that, you know, if as long as you're flying, maybe he's got that, that pilot, you know, the confidence that is uh, stereotypical of... Right, right, of, they have to be super yeah. confident to do right. what they do. right. I think in a way it's cool that he's not just a fresh-faced 25-year-old. Right. 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 Who was picked for his beauty. Right. To be an admirable fighter jock. Like, actually, he's the realistic age for what they've set up here. Right. Exactly. The character. Right. So that's what I... He's right age for the character. It's just yeah. the role of leading man action hero who drives... A, leading man action hero who drives a fast car. Okay. He's a little old for that in Hollywood terms. Okay, right. As opposed to like a, a Gary Busey or something like that, <laughs> who who would have been your second pick for the, or your first pick if 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 Roy Scheider was a little further down the list for you at the time. <laughs> Gary Busey, yeah, well, I don't know. He's at the top of everybody's list. In in '84, yeah, you know. Maybe. What the fuck is this? Your worst nightmare, butthorn. McBain, yeah. '83. No, I'm thinking more like um. The star of Lethal Weapon and a million other things. Mel Gibson? Mel Gibson, right? Okay, all right. Right, gets to play the little... Closer to 30 than to 40, okay. at least in appearance, right? For your action hero. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess I can't remember everybody's age at the time, though. Yeah, my... my, my I'm just casting, saying Roy Scheider yeah. looks more like 40 Okay. than he looks like 30 in the film, which is fine okay. for the role... Right, right. And I was just noticing when I rewatched it, like, oh, my action heroes are usually portrayed as younger. No, it's an interesting observation that the role is actually for an older guy, I think, yeah. All right, so then they, they pivot away from that, and they tell you about his home life, 
which includes tape-based answering machines. I'm sure we all miss. Yeah, with all these switches on it. That thing yeah. is great. Yeah. Oh man, we had so many different answering machines as a kid. I just remember yeah. those. That was a, that was a nice touchstone to yeah. the era. Right. It probably had two tapes in it. You know. Yeah. Right. One for the outgoing loop message, and then one with the, you know, the the longer just you know tape that would record things. Yeah. Right. Right. There'd be like the little micro cassette, and then the longer one. Right. Yeah. Or yeah, or a loop. Yeah. Right, right. They sold those special loop cassettes for the outgoing message at Radio Shack or whatever that you could. Right, right. It was a total of thirty seconds or something. Thirty second, and then it would yeah just play through. You end up with at least like twelve copies of all of that technology in your room, after a few years, right? (laughs) That's right. Like you had all these things. That's right. (laughs) I don't anymore. You know, they're gone now. You've purged a lot of these things. Yeah, I don't have anymore. So yeah, but but I look at with uh, with fond memories. Absolutely. And then they get the scene. So his ex takes a little bit to understand the relationship with the with his woman friend. I think they're dating, and it's her son, not his. So she's a single mom. Right. This is a good relationship though, because it's complicated, like his character. You know. Yeah. And it's difficult to, like, she even says, you know, it's like, where do we stand kind of thing, you know, and it's, it's in the air. We don't, the, 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 the audience doesn't really know. She doesn't really know. Right. You know? And he doesn't either, really, I don't think so. Yeah. I think when watching this as a kid, I didn't understand and I thought, oh, they're divorced. Right. But they're on fairly good terms. Yeah. And she has to come over with the kid and there's kid right. trans, because that was my life at the time. Uh-huh. Yeah. And um, I, so I just assumed all that. But this time I was able to be like, oh, no, it's a little more subtle. Like the kid calls him Murphy instead of dad. Right. right? So he's he's been a good boyfriend of the kid's mom. Yeah. But there's issues, right? And yeah. it's probably hard to date a guy who's on PTSD and takes the night shift with L.A. helicopters. You can run, but you can't Dan, hide. Hi, Joe Lewis. That's very good. <laughs> That's what I mean. Yeah. You know, he pulls a gun on them when she comes in the house, and he's right. startled. Freeze! Christ's sake, Murphy! Yeah. That's an issue. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> and they give you some more background. He's watching TV, um, and the TV person is giving you political stuff, like the attackers were... Latino, Probably they say the words illegal aliens. Illegal aliens. And we hear that the commissioner dies of her wounds. Yeah. And then Rogue Murphy goes to the crime scene by himself. Yes. And within a few minutes finds a magic loose piece of paper which has, like, most of the important key clues he'll need later. That's right. <laughs> of all or the paper just, around. Or just enough to keep his interest in the the case. Yeah, right. He wants to basically go back and prove that that Chevy was involved. Right, like Somehow. I was right. My instincts were right. And this was no rape. Like, what the hell are you talking about? Right, yeah. yeah. Now there's a, I didn't write down the timestamp, but there's a phrase where somebody says... We just came up with a hot mince pie under each arm. We're going out with a hot mince pie under each arm. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that line? I don't remember that line, no. <laughs> I'll have to, I have to look that one up, so that was a huge unknown to me, but we skip over it. Hot mince pie under each arm. I have no idea what that connotes. They got five million bucks invested in this aircraft. So then you get the feds or something. The two weird guys in suits, one of which has a bow, bow tie. 
right get introduced yeah. so the bow tie guy yeah is the fed oddly i don't know why he has to wear a bow tie and then you've got this this uh, kind of greaseball corporate guy I right think, right right who's wearing a coat and the, the fed has a three-piece on yeah yeah, no, I think he's he's defense contractor. I think. Oh, right. I think is right. what he is, but he's but you know you usually don't see him portrayed as much as as this you know this kind of slick character that you know hadn't slept in his own bed in a few months you know right and smoked like a chimney right right he's smoking in the car which is right. so jarring to see. Yeah. He's got like a leather trench coat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's it. Yeah. Leather trench coat. Yeah. yeah. Which is sweet. I need me one of those. <laughs> yeah. So it's 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 Murphy is suddenly not um, on restricted duty anymore. He's not grounded because he just got nominated for a special project. Right. With this defense contractor and the Fed and the and the captain take him on a van ride out right. to find out what it is. Right. Because he's yeah they 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 page him away from his little his little detective uh, oh, right. project he gets that he has going on right interrupted yeah he, yeah yeah and then he finally answers the page and he's called back to the 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 pad won't you answer your fucking beeper I just want to tell you Jack that the next time I'm suspended so is my fucking beeper feel better yeah a little and right I got to explain to my son what a pager was. <laughs> he was like, I, I've heard of a pager. I'm like, had you ever seen one? I'm like, well, no. <laughs> right. But, yeah, but it's weird that, and I had to think about it. It's like, why did they choose the guy that's grounded for this project? And they're asking him about his experience in Vietnam. And he, he says, well, you know, my second tour of duty was cut short because I got a chest full of shrapnel. Yeah, yeah sucking chest wound will do that to you. Well, you know what they say about a sucking chest wound. It's nature's way of telling you it's time to go home. Right, right. so he's kind of establishing, like, you know, fuck you. I, you know, yes, right. I have the goods. But at the same time, I think that's why they selected him out of the whole, you know, flight crew of the police department. I think, you know, why, why are they choosing this damaged guy who's grounded you know it's right. because he has combat experience i think i think right. yeah well that's your most plausible explanation yeah. there might be another one with a different edit where he's been chosen on purpose to fail or to succeed okay or to because they could maybe get dirt on him and control him because of his psychiatric they could okay. maybe threaten him with that and make him give whatever report they want Oh, okay. Because there's right. people who want the project to succeed, right? Because they want yeah. to presumably sell these choppers or develop a police state. Right. And then they know that there might be critics of the program. So I, to me, there's an alternate detailed plot where he's chosen on purpose because they think that either he will either think like they do or they could control him because he does have issues and wouldn't want to be grounded. Okay, yeah. But okay. I'm making all that up. No, well, there's... But otherwise, least... it's awfully, like, are there no other Vietnam vets here in 93? Right. On your force? Like... That's true. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> flying helicopters. It's not right. like helicopter pilots really, I, I don't know, fall out of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. Ouch. 
I'm just gonna let that one hang <laughs> in the air for a I, second. I don't, you know, but yeah. yeah. So they get to the um, they get to the cool test range, which I guess is plausibly outside of L.A. in the desert somewhere. There's a yeah. lot of such places. Right. They start explaining what they're gonna do with an armed helicopter. You know, fear of terrorism in urban environments. I guess I think they mentioned the L.A. Olympics are coming, which was the next <coughs> right. year in '84. You're talking about ground controls in the air. And Frank points out that air control didn't work in Vietnam, and they're like. You know, we can fix that with technology. Right, right. We just needed more badass helicopters. Well, we added a few new wrinkles to that. But then we finally get... It's not, not actually that far in the movie where we finally get to see Blue Thunder. Right. The special. The special. What do they call that thing? An air buster? The special! Yeah. yeah. It, thank God they had a better name for it than the special. <laughs> Somebody hung a nickname on it! Blue Thunder! It's a great intro on the helicopter. I mean, yeah, this is proper. Yeah, the silhouette. Yeah, coming out of the, 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 the sunrise. dawn glow of the sunrise. Yeah. True helicopter porn, you know. And then they get to set it up with... I, I can't tell you how I remember how exciting it was. The awesome, like, there's a fake town with red and white people. Yeah. See, right, and you just immediately know what's going to happen. They're going to get to attack. You're going to get to see the thing demonstrate. Like, yeah, this was perfect as a kid, and it was still fun to watch the the setup. Like, it's the it's the game you always wanted to play. Like, right. I sure as hell want to get the chance to fly the attack helicopter against the town and see if I can hit just the red bad guys. Right, right, right. and get the high score. Yeah, I mean, it would make a good video game. Yeah. But it's a, it's a weird kind of military arms show is the setup, I guess. There's all yeah. these, like, military guys in a grandstand watching the show. That's right. They're only one of the audience, right? This isn't right. just for the LAPD. A lot of people no. are looking. Yeah. And uh, and it's there's a, there is what kind of looks like a military guy with a helmet <laughs> making the sale. Right. And it's a grandstand that I thought was awfully close to a live fire demonstration <laughs> yes. of a helicopter. Really, yes, it was... <laughs> yes. We this we... was not this was not Tony Stark distance from the mountain demonstration here. This was no for your consideration the Jericho right up there against the buildings, kind of. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I mean, just to skip forward, right, so there is the awesome scenes of it. He demonstrates his stuff. It's got a gun. It comes in. It's blowing the shit out of stuff with its machine gun. And the sound design is awesome. But the when he gets out afterwards, he says, I nearly... I nearly killed a lot of you on that second pass. pass. Like... <laughs> <laughs> the gun jammed a little bit. Right, like, that's right. Just to reinforce what you said about, like, right. they were too close to a machine gun firing from an right. airborne platform. Yeah. Right. I mean, it was comforting that there's a little red live switch on the control stick you have to flip right. before you start releasing live rounds. So, right. I mean, that's a great safety system. We're all fine now. <laughs> <laughs> and they say silly things like, so he kills some good little painted wooden figures along with the bad ones. Right. And they're saying things like, a 1 to 10 ratio, that's acceptable. Right. Like, um... Right. Sorry, who are you talking to? That's right. And then just to add to the danger, uh, there's a 
guy on a bulldozer who pulls a bus across. Yeah. He's right on the live firing range. That's right. He's and he has no. It's not a like an armored hat? bulldozer. Yeah. <laughs> right. He has no protection from bullets. Maybe um, the perspective on that was different. You know, maybe it was actually a really, really long cable, not oh, just a long right. cable. You know. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. I'm thinking you could hook that to a thing without a human on it to make it go. <laughs> Right. You would think. You would think. Yeah. Bob's close to retirement. Send him out on the bulldozer. It'll be fine. Another fifty bucks in your paycheck, Bob. This will save us some time. Well, I think it was just supposed to show that it wasn't uh, wasn't you know driven by the by a driver in the bus itself. Right, which would yeah. be right. Just oh, they offered Bob that job. Yeah. It was, he said no. <laughs> so then we get to meet the guy who's piloting the helicopter in the badass yes. black helmet. Yeah. The None venerable other? Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. Malcolm McDowell. If it was me, that is Alex. Yeah. Who, has he ever played a good guy? Well, it's, <laughs> I don't know. I liked the Fantasy Island reboot that he was part of for a while. It was kind of a, Oh, I didn't know, see that. He played Mr. Rourke, yeah. Welcome to Fantasy Island. I am your host, Mr. Rourke. Oh, okay, he could do a Rourke. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Rourke is ambiguous, right? He's like yeah. chaotic neutral or something. That's right, that's right. It's yeah. whatever you bring to the island. Right, you know? right. <laughs> right. If you bring debauchery, then that's what it'll be. And if you bring lightness and goodness, then that's what it'll be. But in this case, he's an asshole. <laughs> that's right. Right? <laughs> and we get the next unbelievable coincidence that they know each other. They know each other. They were on the same helicopter. He's part of the same flashback that he keeps having over and over. They don't reveal that he's in that flashback yet. Okay. Though. Yeah, that's right. They say that they knew each other. They flew together. Yeah. And he tried to have him court-martialed. Okay. But oh, sorry. They, they yeah. don't say why and oh, what sorry. was going I on. I yeah. Sorry, Spoiler spoiled alert. it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it is insane that they know each other. Yeah. But he does manage to get in his... Catch you later. later. <laughs> Which, right. did we use that one? I think maybe we did do that one maybe, a few times. Maybe, maybe. And it's really, the way he delivers it is really, he tries to be annoying with it. He's really right. trying to be as annoying as he can with his right. little he knows, catchphrase. Piss off like any human. <laughs> Catch you later. Because and you're shooting and he, somebody that's right. with the little he, finger pointing. And Ugh. he pauses and looks, you know. Right. He's got a beat after he does it. Right. And then he, looks, he just looks at the guy. <laughs> I think I'm funny, and there's nothing you could ever say that would dissuade me from that that's opinion. Right. And you just have to suffer me. Like, <laughs> Maybe that's why we didn't do it, is because it is truly insufferable. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so that kind of concludes that act and we've we've got the helicopter and then um they established the secondary very tertiary character montoya on the day shift who i guess is is of mexican descent hey, hey my man of the sky so he gets to ask him for the spanish translation yeah and then somewhere in here they get to have the conversation about looping a chopper right so I guess they're getting ready to go on the like training run where they follow Murphy and Lyman Good will follow in a regular chopper while 
dickhead is in the Blue Thunder. Right. <laughs> and they have a conversation beforehand where I guess Jaffo said he heard you did a loop. Right. And Murphy says, yeah, I did it, you know, when I was crazy and stupid. And the colonel says, it's aerodynamically impossible. Right. He's so British, he just has natural authority. That's true. You put an English accent behind anything and it automatically has a certain amount of gravitas and, and uh, believability, I think. Authority. Right. Authority, really. The first line, for example, you can't take a dump on me, is a strident metaphor for basically restraint when defecating in close proximity to one's head. Total authority. Going back to the you know establishment of our country, even. That's right. And he doesn't say, I think, or I believe. He says, it's impossible. Right. 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 And, like, you should have remained a British colony. He just establishes. <laughs> yes. <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> He's the kind of guy who would have continued referring to America as the colonies. The colonies. Throughout right. the 1900s. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Um, and so we do find out that the colonel is not just an asshole, but a murderous terrorist when he clips the the nut in the inside of Murphy's helicopter before That's they right. go on their Saboteur. Flight. Hence the word sabotage. Yes. Right? Like sabotage. That is insane what yeah. he does. Right. Right. That is they're gonna fly over a city. A city, a very dense populous <laughs> city. Yeah. <laughs> And he just, without a thought, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. Too bad. Yeah, this is how he's going to take care of it. Right. <laughs> and he does it on a, on a helipad where he could be, well, it's crazy. They get, up, they get up in the air, and we get some nice shots of the two helicopters. It's fun to see Blue Thunder flying around L.A. And now we get the, the great line. Now you take the Ranger, and I'll be in my bird. We'll have a little game. Follow my leader. Follow my leader. Yes, follow my leader. <laughs> With the better line. We're following his leader. <laughs> so I think it was, we would use it like in two cars going somewhere. And the right. other driver would be like, okay, follow me. Right. And then you'd get to say, yeah, we're following his leader. <laughs> or at any time in the car ride. That could be repeated like 12 times in the right, car ride down. Right. Especially if they make any kind of mistake or interesting move. Attempt to duplicate it like, let's go through the red light with him. Or <laughs> We're following his leader. <laughs> then I'm asking myself, what is the point of this? Yeah. What would the point of following it be in their copter? Right. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe our our, our, our legions of fans can yeah <laughs> chime in on this as far as like yeah. so please write in for the official <laughs> doctrine of when testing an urban assault helicopter in a u.s city what is the proper procedure <laughs> right what, how, 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 how many helicopters would be in chase and yeah right and right what would i'd like to recording? see the paperwork on this yeah yeah, yeah. So then, so they have some flying around, which is fun. And then the the sabotage accident occurs. Yeah. And this is an know, odd scene. This is yeah. This whole thing is weird because then they start going down. Yeah. And and he sees a construction site that they're gonna land on. Right. Yeah. He lands on the shack. The construction yeah. guys are half rescuing them and half attacking them. That's right. They're That's pissed. Right. Although I mean I think they really are rescuing them. Yeah. But they're also yelling at him. 
and they they kick him out. They they say get the you know get the hell out of here. Right. Yeah, you could have killed like, us all. And right. You know, I mean, I'd probably be upset if a helicopter landed on my construction site. Right. But I would probably assume it was unintentional. Right. I think it'd be but more then, like, are you okay? And but then, how did this happen? But then from the air, the colonel says, oh, somewhere in the Watts area, yeah, right? Such a, so this is we have a bird down of, somewhere right. in the Watts area. Right. And he waits to say it until they've crashed. Right. It seems that we have a ship down somewhere in the Watts area. You, you know, police, public relations were tense even back then. So, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, and right. Or the, still the, tense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and he's also establishing, like, I think he can tell it's a ghetto and gives a shit. Right. Right? I think that's probably noticed. Um, so then they get to confront each other a little bit afterwards. They show there's a parking lot scene now where the colonel gets to confront Murphy, sort of. Yeah. He, he pulls up in his Corvette. So, oh, he, he drives a nicer car. Oh, you got the Trans Am, I've got the Corvette, right? It's it's clear the colonel has kind of done a bit better for himself after okay. Tom than Murphy has, right? Right. If you're a nice, nice guy, guy, nice things, things happen, happen, to you. happen to you. Yeah. What's yeah. the line that he has? Right. <laughs> right. That's a good one, too. We should, we should use that. I'll try to remember that. So Murphy goes home to his girlfriend, and we find out that the true danger in his life is the one-way driving of his girlfriend. <laughs> this is this is foreshadowing, though. This is yeah. it is. Yeah. It's an important establishment of her character right. as basically right. batshit crazier, up for fucking anything. Right, right. Like this is a Which wild. Is probably chick. why she's still with Murphy. You know, right? She yeah. needs some excitement in her life. Um, right? They miss a turn, and she just. Mommy, you missed the train ride. Huh? Oh, hang on. Flips a Yui on a on a one way three, street, one way street with yeah. fast traffic going, and they're right. not wearing seatbelts. Her child is in the car. Yeah. Hey, you crazy? Hey, this is a one way street. Well, I won't tell if you won't tell. He's done this several times. He's just laughing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then they, boy, they really move things along. I mean, Montoya magically meets them at the zoo to give them the translation of the yeah. note. I don't know why he's meeting them at the zoo, but okay. Yeah. Saves time. I'll tell you one thing, it's awfully hard to read. Maybe it's near his house or something, you know. <laughs> yeah. And it has the line you remembered, strangers in the barrio making trouble. It says something about strangers in the barrio making trouble. Right. No, that's the line that I remember was the, the newscaster later oh, on. Oh, the newscaster. The yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. And that comes in on the TV broadcast later. Right. Tensions between the Latino and the black community. Right. I got a feeling something bad is coming down. They have more domestic scenes at home. Murphy has the full dream this time, I think. Yes, now he has the full dream. They establish, oh, I wanted to almost give an extra kind of one quarter star for nudity where his girlfriend has that open shirt thing. Oh, okay. I don't know why. I love the open shirt. That's so sexy when it's like way too many buttons. Uh -huh. And they don't even necessarily show cleavage, but you're like, the shirt is just about to open. <laughs> so I give a quarter star for that. Right. Something very sexy about the open shirt. But yeah, Murphy's dreaming. He kind of reveals to you the true horror that a guy got thrown out intentionally 
of the helicopter he was flying. Right. And did they show McDowell doing it that time? Um, you know? I, I think know. they might not show that till the end, till the okay. big fight scene. Okay. They keep revealing more of it, so they make it really clear he was there, and that the guy is really thrown to his death. I think they right. even show him hitting the ground in this one. Yeah, yeah. Which is rough. <laughs> And in the meantime, um, our complete idiot rookie gets to go through his metamorphosis to electrical engineer genius. What's that, three-quarter inch video? You know something about it? Yeah, that was my rate in the Navy. Right, the montage. Even Rocky had a montage. The studying montage. So he gets to hook up with the older engineer who's showing him the cool bells and whistles yeah. on the Blue Thunder. They introduce the tape McGuffin, McGuffin, where? Can you explain what a McGuffin yes, is? Yes, a McGuffin you see in most films about spies. It is a thing that the spies are after. These cool tapes that record everything that goes on on the copter will be erased only in their cases. Right, right. Which is uh, very helpful for the story later. Yeah. And it's otherwise a set of technology. You know, it just seems totally plausible to me as I watched in the movie, but as I yeah. think about it later, I'm like, what? <laughs> Radio-controlled tape erasure? Tape erasure. What? Like, Have you ever heard of anything like that? Yeah, yeah I don't know. Why not? You know? <laughs> it's very imaginative. Yeah. It only erases in the case? That's great! Um, and five minutes later... Jaffo is going over a wiring diagram. Yep. A non-solid state kind of wiring diagram. How do you uh, control the oscillation of the quartz here? And then minutes later, using it to affect to... They go. They get to go, now Murphy gets his chance to really fly it. Yeah. Which yeah. is amazing, considering he crashed a few hours ago? Or right. yesterday? <laughs> right. Jaffo's still pretty beat up from this, too, right? He's got, like, a, a shiner from it or something, and his nose is scarred. Right. From, yeah. Right. But, hey, let's send him up in the brand new thing with guns. Right. Um, hey, Jaffo, this isn't any <laughs> night school. We got a test flight to make out there. And, but he's already learned how to pull the fuse on the cabin mics so they're not recorded. So yeah. he went from dropping papers on the helipad to being able to manipulate the electronics right. in a brand new thing he just... I think we can lose that, don't you? Yeah, I got the fuse right here. Got into for the first yeah. time. Well, it's his thing, you know? This is this is what he's into, right? He, he's, he's, it is. You know, and that was his rating in the Navy? I don't yeah. quite understand that phrase, but I guess yeah. he was in the Navy... Briefly, okay. yeah, because he's so young, and he must have done work there. But he's us, right? He loves the technology of the bird. Right. He thinks it's yeah. great. Um, you know, he gives the like woohoo commentary for us to tell us how awesome each of the gizmos are. How does she fly? This thing is nose heavier than the Ayatollah. You're crazy. This stuff's great. Great, huh? So, and this was a super fun part of the movie to see all the bells and whistles. Right. Okay, let's see what this turkey's got. Let's go! So they go on their training run by themselves with nobody bothering them, and they get to play with all the cool stuff. The, the microphones and the zooming camera. Then they get the really uncomfortable scene, which I have to take away the political correctness point for. 
they they observe a hooker propositioning a John. Yeah. And they zoom in on her ample cleavage. Yeah. In an unrealistic shot because they're circling and the picture doesn't rotate. Well, that's the advanced technology. (laughs) I guess you could design a mount that corrected. Yeah. (laughs) It's, yeah. Lyman Good is like literally clawing at the screen and make at the screen and making these comments. That's right. That's right. It was painful. Yeah. It wasn't sexy. No. (laughs) Although the dialogue in the background is kind of funny. Yeah. Like if you pick up what the what she and the John are saying. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. it really depends on what a guy is hungry for. You Talking know what about I mean? sushi. <laughs> or sushi. Something like yeah, that. he wants a good sushi roll. California roll. Yeah. yeah. That was a little bit funny. Um. So then they establish this has some kind of microwave link up, which is amazing. Like cell phone towers did not exist in '83, yeah. uh-huh. but it has like a high speed data. Johnny, this sucker will do everything but cook your breakfast. Uh, link up, which is awesome. It's hooked into every data bank there is, which they start using. Yeah. And, right, and Lyman Good, within a few minutes, is able to hook into, I like, got Washington. the most important federal database. He That's has a right. passcode. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Cause he's a, look, I think because he's a people person, you know? He's, he's a people like, person. He's, he's able to get this kind of thing. And establish trust with people, you know. Yeah. That, that company guy, Matusak, he cleared me this morning. So, they're learning weird things. They see... I think here's where they see the Project Thor, yeah. which was also on the piece of paper. Right. So, right. man, that was a hell of a piece of paper to lose. Right. Why did they take it with them? Or no, that was in her briefcase. That was in her briefcase, that's right. So then we get to the key... Na- so the, the movie moves fast now. Yes. Uh, found in a special oh, um, they, it's still this little training flight when they decide to chase down their nemesis, the colonel. Right. They decide to follow him. Right. They're landing on the la- the, the the pad, and then they see him pulling out, and so then they decide they're going to pull out and follow him too. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's disobey orders and chase him away. They manage to follow him into the federal building. Oh, he's going in there. And yeah. use the awesome high-tech. You get to see all the other gizmos. That's right. They have a thermal scan of the whole building. They're hovering, and the the thermal scan is sweeping right. across floor right. by floor. Right, and within 30 seconds of a very large building, they get to the conversation they need, which That's is right. a way to find the needle in the haystack. And... It's really important because now, within 30 seconds, they admit to conspiracy, actual murder. Rough her up. That the latest euphemism for assassination? Yeah. They're getting it all on tape. And then, just in case you wanted it to move along faster, the colonel opens the curtains and sees the helicopter. That's right. 50 feet away. That's right. Hold your nose, we're in deep shit. Let's get the hell out of here. So now... Now they're on the run. Right. Now it's cat and mouse, full-on action. Right. So they have to rush back. They know they have the goods on the bad guys, but the bad guys are government officials. Right, right. And so you don't just walk up and arrest them. There's only one rule in America. You can't prosecute a sitting president. 
It's called checks and balances, baby. But he immediately gets in the chief's office, or the captain's office. Right. And the, the contractor guy is sitting in there with him. That's right. So he's stuck in a weird place. I wanted to comment. There's an awesome moment in there, which the chief says, if you notice I don't have an ass when I get out of this chair, it's because, well, the captain says, because the chief just chewed it out. Chewed it Or something chewed, like that. Chewed it off, yeah. Chewed it right off, yeah. yeah. If you notice I don't have an ass when I get up out of this chair, it's because the old man just chewed it off just like that. I had to go look up, because I'm like, he is not the only police captain who got his ass chewed off. Yeah. And do you know what movie this also features in? Um, uh, no. I had to look it up, but thankfully there's things on the internet that do movie quotes for you. Um, it's um, Beverly Hills Cop 1984. Okay. Foley's originally from Detroit, and there's a scene where he gets in trouble for being the road cop. Yeah. And he has an awesome boss called Inspector Todd. Yeah. Who says... The mayor called the chief, the chief called the deputy chief, the deputy chief just chewed my ass out. You see, I don't have any bit of it left, don't you? <laughs> so, captains having their asses chewed out by chiefs. I admit, I think they were groundbreaking here <laughs> in Blue Thunder. You think? That's probably yeah. never happened before in any, any police drama. This is the original. This or is the comedy. moment. Okay. Yeah, this is yeah. the birth of the ass chew out, so... So that line was important to me. He's in trouble. The chief is saying, like, you know, shit is going down. The bad guys obviously can't say, oh, we were caught on tape with conspiracy to murder, so please stop your guy. But right. they can say, like, they're definitely going to try to go after him. So, What do you think, Colonel? I think, Mr. Holmes, that I should take him out. You mean kill him? When? As soon as possible. Lyman Good runs out to get the tapes. Yeah. I'm just gonna get my cufflinks. And Murphy is also on the helipad. And then this is where it's totally weird. I mean, I never noticed it until this time rewatching the movie. But suddenly there's a weird cut to Lyman Good bringing his groceries home. Right. Yeah. I think they cut like 20 minutes out of the film here. Yeah. Or something. Because it's right. like. How much time has passed? Yeah, it's like hours. It should be hours later. It's got to be at least three hours or something. Well, and we realize several other important things have happened since the time that Lyman Good came home with his groceries. Later right. on, we realize Lyman Good has been back in Blue Thunder. Right. After having hidden the tapes in a dumpster. Movie, in a dumpster. Yeah. He's come back. He's made a recording. Yeah. To leave an audio recording in Blue Thunder, which is a really interesting place to leave the audio recording. Right. <laughs> and then he's gone home alone. Right. Yeah. And they've separated. Yeah. Like, none of that is shown. There's just a cut from the helipad to Lyman Good bringing his groceries home alone. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know what? Who cares? That's right. They keep it moving. Yeah. They for keep sure. it moving. They have a really, the torture scene, so they grab him, there's bad guys in his house. Yeah, Lyman Good's having a rough week, yeah. Because, you know, he's he's still, yeah, he, he's been in a helicopter crash, <laughs> yeah. he's coming home, now he's getting tortured. And, yeah, yeah, his mouth is taped and they break his fingers right yeah. off. And that yeah. was just rough. I mean, they really, they really, felt, but he's amazing. 
Yeah. Right? He with his hands tied behind his back, he defeats yeah. two bad guys. Yeah. Starts running down the street. Yeah. And then even evil villain guy yeah. in that same car. Yeah. Is so evil. Yeah. Psycho- and he psychotically runs him down. Oh yeah, and he has a weird look on his face yeah. as he yeah. runs him over. It's an yeah. intense scene and it's in yeah. public. Yeah. Children with the touch of death. Children like myself. Yeah. So he gets run down, and our hero, Lyman Good, cleavage-loving Lyman Good, is no more. Yeah. Oh. Bye-bye. And, you know, Murphy sees it from a distance, but there's already an instantly a radio APB linking him to the death of That's Lyman right. Good. That's like right. seeking Murphy in connection with the death of police officer, right? And right, right. Which is, Nothing gets the police riled up like death of a fellow officer, right? That's right. Yeah, and it and it and it's and it works for you know for the purposes of our conspirators, right? Oh, they have. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. perfect, right? Now they have yeah. something to pin on him, right? But you know, Murphy runs away successfully. He has to abandon his Trans Am, but <clears throat> he runs away and goes right to the police helicopter garage. Yeah, unnoticed. He's <laughs> right, good like that. He is just, a veteran. He is good. Like, yeah, they don't show good. him getting past all the security the feds must have put on, especially after recent events. Right. But he right. gets past those. Yeah. He gets in the garage and then gets to listen to the message that Lyman Good left him. It's, he, get, it's, he gets a little misty as he's listening to the, yeah. to the message, too. Yeah. yeah, he's listening to the voice of the young guy who didn't know what he was getting into, but was actually a hero. This is getting kind of fun, huh? Cops and robbers, for real. He wanted to be a hero, but he got killed for it right away. Yeah, And, yeah. you know, the veteran knows, like, man, you know, it's one of my young guys. It's actually kind of a powerful little moment. Before he's discovered by the mechanic. Yeah, who's got... <laughs> A lot of character. Yeah, which is, you're not supposed to be in there, and so of course he pulls a gun on him. The right Murphy what? pulls a gun on the mechanic. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> Although I think he's pointing a, like a snub nose twenty two on the inside of a bulletproof window. Right, but which still. might not be wise, but yeah. <laughs> Nobody likes having a gun pointed at him, so the mechanic fails, and then Murphy takes off. Yeah. From inside a garage. Yeah, they don't <laughs> They don't show, show that, that but yeah. seconds later it's in the air. It's wasn't... in the air. He's a good pilot. <laughs> He's a good pilot, so don't worry about it. Just don't worry about it. That's don't right. Don't worry about it. They're moving. They're moving along. This is action yeah. we're in now. All right, so now he has stolen Blue Thunder, which I guess you don't even need keys for the thing, but... And then he fl- he manages to radio a call to the girlfriend. Right. Who is awesome. Yes. Right? I'd like 30-second telephone conversation has her prepared to run from police, drive through barriers, and dive in dumpsters. Yeah. She's up for it. She's down. Yeah. Like, yeah. okay. Right now? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's love right there for you or something. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's something. She's awesome. Got it. Um, she goes to a drive-in movie theater, which I also maybe had to explain to my yeah. kids what that was. she's dumpster diving and he's laughing yes and they're sending up SWAT teams with M16s in the regular choppers to go chase him down yeah 
the choppers start to chase him around. Yeah. And fire at him some. She finds they... the tape. Oh yeah, she gets the tape. And so and now she knows. She, now she's driving frantically back to the television station, which she right. which he told her to don't stop for anybody and just give it to one of these two guys. Right, right. Like the two guys, like everybody in a hundred mile radius, are like TV stars. Like right, yeah. You know that guy you can give it to. For ten o'clock news, this is Mario Machado with a man who talked to God in Tarzana. And she does. Yes, yeah, so they have some nice. They get some great helicopter stuff in with helicopters chasing along. I guess it's the L.A. River here. Yes. Right. So there's this. You can't have. Stuff. You can't have a good chase scene in los angeles without a chase down the la river yeah down this big yeah. cemented part of the la river there yeah. yeah they love it they're like it's an eyesore and we sell permits to film here like once a week yeah I love LA. this is great so they have a nice one he shows how such a great pilot he is he makes the other pilot like run into a cement barrier yeah although they make a point of everybody gets out of that copper copter yeah like yeah He's not trying to kill people. Yeah, this too is much. this is A team style kind of stuff that he's doing here. Totally, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He shoots at the other copters, but not trying to kill them. Right, just disable them to the point where they, yeah, they're right. neutralized, but they're not. Yeah, so nice finesse with that Gatling gun to not kill anybody. Yeah. Or the, like, city underneath your line of fire. Right, right. It was probably somewhere else in the Watts area, this so don't is, worry about it. Yeah. But... Somewhere in the Watts area. There's a lot of, yeah, a lot of destruction going on now here, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you started to flinch at potential collateral damage in this scene, like, buckle your seatbelt <laughs> right right this is like uh this is like almost like transformers level kind of uh destruction that starts happening here yeah. like michael bay right. kind of stuff that's this right is michael that's bay right. kind of yeah sorry i thought you were talking about the uh cartoon in the 80s no no, no. your knowledge is only overshadowed by your stupidity starscream oh. no no yeah the modern level like yeah the whole city could go and i bet that See that building fell down? That was not an abandoned building. That building was in use. Right, right. <laughs> and you know what the word for that is? Awesome? Bingo. I mean, it's plausible so, that they evacuate everything, right? They show up with, like, SWAT teams to start clearing people out of different areas and stuff. There's a couple of scenes, just enough to make you feel like, I think a lot of people made it out. <laughs> right, right. Two words, Mr. President. Plausible deniability. But in the meanwhile, back at base, Malcolm McDowell's character is saying, you know, we can surgically remove him from the sky, like a tumor. Like a tumor. <laughs> and, it's you not know, a tumor. It's not, it's not a tumor. And we're not talking about a tumor. <laughs> the captain comes back with, it's, he's not a tumor. It's not a tumor at all. Stop it! So I like that in that, in that moment. You know, he, he stands up for Murphy just a little bit. But the star is the girlfriend who is, not only is she doing illegal stuff, she's directly running from the police, That's which right. is a felony. Yeah. Um, but she does pull over. Yeah. So they don't push her insanity too far. No. Right? Like, okay, you got me. She pulls over. And then there's a beautiful save by Murphy appears with the helicopter at the key moment where she's going right. to be arrested. <laughs> yeah. And he fires the Gatling gun. 
to cut the cop car in half. Yeah, as she, after she peels away, and then they're in pursuit, and then, yeah, he cuts the car in half. With the That's a great stunt. Yeah. It was a real practical stunt. I yeah. guess they had the car ready to split. Right. It's a front-engine vehicle, and it yeah. keeps driving, and followed by a scene where a motorcycle cop goes down yeah, yeah. and hits a truck. Yeah. And it looks bad. Like, yeah. I think a stuntman was injured in this scene. Right. Yeah. I think he was supposed to slide clear and he slides right slides into them. Slides in, yeah. Looked bad. Yeah. And they just cut away. You're like, um, I hope that guy's okay. Yeah, this is not not CGI stuff they're doing here. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. So some nice practical stunts. A lot of LA is getting involved. So now the 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 next big act, she she closing in on the TV station, he's air cover. It comes super close in the TV station. There's a really beautiful fake by uh, the Fed Fletcher to claim he's the producer. Right. Like, he's he's smart. He nearly gets it. Yeah. But then the the right guy gets it and says, I don't know who the hell this is. Fletcher, okay, gives up, pulls a gun. It's the A1 steak sauce guy, I think. Oh, yeah. I'm Niall Hewitt. You're the lady Hi. with the tape from Frank Murphy. Hi, anyway. yes, you're right, you're right. It's yeah. not chopped ham. Yeah. It's chopped steak. <laughs> and what's better on steak than A1? <laughs> he's the TV star. Yeah, the yeah. A1. Nice pull. Yeah. Yeah, so he's the TV anchor. And then the security guard is like the best security guard ever in the history of the world. Yeah. At the yeah. key moment... Yeah. He does his job. He doesn't have to shoot Fletcher. He nope. Knocks him clocks out. Clocks him, right? It's like they don't make security guards like that right. anymore. Sure so, they do. I'm just saying not in Hollywood, right? Not security in Hollywood. guards are That's always, right. they, they yeah. give up, they get shot, they right. are incompetent, you can sneak up on them. Right. At the key moment, they just do nothing. Oh, yeah, this is Blart. If you need me, I'm over by the kiosks. The you key, can... Like, you can sneak past him to the helipad and get out Right. <laughs> right. There was a lot of other security that didn't do their yeah. job in this film. But this guy at the TV station, yep, yep. which is not exactly the biggest security environment. No. Hey, and he's, you know, 60. Right. And the city is in panic right now because there's a crazy man flying... Uh, heavily armed, heavily armed helicopter over the city, shooting, <laughs> right. shooting out all their police force. So yeah, right. Yeah, tensions are high. And so the lobby is pretty crazy right now in the in the in the in the TV station too. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot going on. Yeah, which I totally ignored. You know, my first few viewings of the movie, right. like. But when you think about that, like, yeah, they are broadcasting on television. That there's an armed sniper in a helicopter. Yeah. Or a terrorist, basically, with a machine gun. Right. Like, could you imagine hearing that news? Yeah. That would be, <laughs> not, be not something that anybody prepares for, really, I don't think. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, what? Right. Like, what's what's the action plan? What, you know, <laughs> stay in my house, but there's debris falling from helicopters. Right. Yeah. Like, I have a plan for fire and earthquake, but not, like... Attack helicopter. That's right. War, sudden war. <laughs> right. Air, air, air combat. Yeah. Yeah. The U.S. citizens at home are not ready for war yeah. on our on our turf. So they send out the F-16s. Yes. Right. Now this was too bad because after all of this totally real helicopter footage, the F-16s just look super fake. They look a little fake. Yeah. Yeah. He's all yours, uh, Cookie. You know, they go after him with heat-seeking missiles, but oh, our Frank. 
I like he the, knows. The, the graphics, the cockpit graphics, which put, looks like they were pulled straight off of an Apple IIe or something. Right. You know. Right, uh, the for little, locking on. Yeah, the little... Dee, the dee, little, dee, 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 little arrows. Or the, the top view graphic of the aircraft with the missiles blinking, you know, that are armed right. and stuff. Yeah. Oh, right, right. Like, did they really put a stupid graphic like that? Right. In that co- <laughs> cockpit? Or right. does he just have a light that says, right. like, yeah, I hope my tax dollars didn't go towards that, you know? <laughs> Man, yeah, the software developer who wrote that right. setup is laughing. Low, lowest bidder, yeah. <laughs> Man. So they try to take him out with heat-seeking missiles, but Frank's too smart for that. Yeah. He gets to use two brilliant strategies. So I don't yeah. know if he was dodging a lot of heat seekers in Nam, but he knows what's up. Right. And so his first way is by sacrificing the barbecue restaurant. Yes. Yeah. It's, 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 this is a great scene. It's, 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 it's the famous barbecue shack, yeah. Which I guess is um, in Little Tokyo. Somewhere in the Watts area. Right. Which I this guess is... means it's a Japanese barbecue shack. Well, you see, this it, is... does, it looks like Southern barbecue from they the just, outside. I think they just need it to be ethnic for yeah. a little additional uh, comedy points, I think. So they, they give you missile cam, right. which is ridiculous. And he hovers over the barbecue restaurant because they have, I guess, a big hot stovepipe. And right. that attracts the missile. And now right. they hear a helicopter overhead, and it, which is, I guess they've heard about the snipers, too. Yeah. So that, I guess I'll give them plausibility points for everybody running like mad when they hear the helicopter, because they should all have been killed. Right, right. Well, this is, it's, it's Amos's famous, bar, Amos's famous barbecue. Yeah. Doesn't exactly sound <laughs> it's little kind Tokyo, of odd, but... little Tokyo, but... Okay. The... <laughs> they also wanted Asians fleeing the, the 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 barbecue restaurant before it's it explodes and chickens rain down from the sky on the patrol cars. <laughs> the chickens coming down. Yeah. So the restaurant looks to baby be like forty feet wide on a side. That's it right. could not hold that many. The amount of chickens that come down is straight out of Magnolia. <laughs> Right? You remember that film? No. Well, I... There's a scene not, where not frogs lot, rain from the sky. Oh, okay. All right. Which kind of ties it all together. It's okay. one of the reasons I hate that film. Like, okay. Oh, the frogs fall from the sky. Well, we don't have to go into why I hate that film, but a plague of frogs rains down on L.A., I think it is. Yeah. And yeah. so tens of thousands of full-sized frogs are dropped okay. all over, which all right. is kind of what happens here, like... They drop like 500 chickens in yeah, that scene. Yeah, there's a lot of chickens, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess Amos is doing a lot of business. Yeah, yeah. I mean, good for them. <laughs> but that was a lot of chickens. Oh my God, they're <laughs> I mean, they must have had a lot of fun setting up the light. Awesome barbecue! The chicken scene. The chicken scene. So, I guess that gives you a laugh in the midst of urban destruction. Oh, the humanity! But the F-16 pilots haven't given up. And they think he's frozen in front right. of the building. Yeah. But no. No, he's, he's using... using the sun glare. Yeah, that's right. The reflective off the reflective uh, windows of the building. Yeah. Of a occupied 
office building. Right. <laughs> well, we see people fleeing, you know, so maybe, you know, it's yeah, possible that so. they all evacuated. But I mean, they should have all noticed him hovering outside. But, but the, the effect, yeah, of the building exploding, it was definitely reminiscent of some kind of 9-11 imagery, I think, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think those missiles pack a real punch, and it would do a lot. Yeah, because it's like five, six stories that it takes out on Man. one side, and then on the opposite side, there's a couple stories above on an opposite face of the building that it takes yeah. out as well. So, it's like, Oh, yeah, that's totally like yeah. the 9-11 imagery yeah, where yeah. there's a thing going through it. Yeah. Man. Yeah. yeah, so at the time, you know, it's like, huh, they're blowing up buildings right. in L.A. Right, but now it's a, it's, a, it's a tough watch now, yeah. yeah. Yeah, now we watch it, it's hard. Yeah. Um, so they come to their senses and call off the F-16s, but Colonel Cocksucker gets fresh delivery of a serious military gunship. That's right. Yeah. A Hughes 500. Yeah, like, like, like the old, uh, like TC's copter, helicopter from, from Magnum P.I., yeah. But it but has with dual 50 cal 50, cannons. Yeah, <laughs> cannons on either side. It's a hell of a combination. Yeah. And this is this is great additional helicopter porn, right? Because yes. it looks so different, and it's in camo, and it's so really threatening with those guns. Yeah, yeah. And it looks super light and agile. Right. And you're like, you're angry at it from the moment you see it, because you want yeah. Blue Thunder to be the hero chopper, and it's right. got an enemy now. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a great setup. Yeah. I guess they got F-16s there in a hurry. So they flew over one of these as well. And now the colonel is the rule breaker. Because yeah. they're like, don't take off. Right. And he says, fuck you, and takes right. off. Repeat, hold your position. Do not take off. And now he does sneak up on Murphy, because Murphy thinks he's safe. And now we find out that he's right. actually vulnerable. Murphy's watching the uh, parachuting pilot from the F-16 land safely in the middle of the street and giving right. giving a little chuckle to you know the pilot right. landing and the right yeah. like huh i i got you i right. i i'm better than you f-16 pilot right. but i'm making sure you land safely i was concerned i didn't right. want to hurt you that's right and then the bad guy sneaks up on him and manages to um but those of course, guns are big we don't know what happens to the f-16 the unpiloted f-16 right. that point that ejected over the city of over la the city of somewhere near a television station right. yeah yikes i think it had plenty of fuel from base too right. so yeah that's gonna go just fine <laughs> um so he gets snuck up on he takes a shot to the shoulder or something yeah there's blood on the windshield yeah because the cannon makes it through the bulletproof glass yeah right yeah. right it's too heavy uh it's to defend you against like weak ass terrorists with ak-47s yeah, not right. full mounted 50 cals yeah and so he's hit the gun yeah. to take blue thunder down a notch yeah and now the mano a mano fight is on right and when he gets hit this is where he has the flashback that has the colonel telling him to go back to base right after the the their victim falls to the ground yeah right so they make yeah. sure to show you in case you weren't sure yeah the colonel did that with his own hands threw yeah. the guy out That's ruthlessly right. yeah. and didn't even flinch right back to base and had this guy had murphy under his orders yeah 
you know, and had to make him live with that. Yeah, so he's fully revealed. Um, and the music tells you that we are now in a much more important fight than what we yeah. were in before. Right. Which is great. Right. Um, so, I guess though, them showing the colonel back there, like, that increases the coincidence levels. Right. Right. Like not only were they together and aware of each other it's and like, Dom, but he was the key event in right. his life. Yeah, he's <laughs> basically the source of all, like his main trauma. Right from 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 the war. Yeah. Right, like when he first saw the guy on the pad, he maybe should have had a little more reaction. Right. Yeah. Although I guess at the time, right, they had to go back to base together. He probably tried to say something the and, colonel tried to bring him up on charges but and there there could have been blocking stuff too you know like he may have you know wiped that like suppressed it in his memory you know right in some way yeah so yeah and, right he, and, yeah as a, as a coping mechanism to to you know make it through daily life or whatever so right now it's yeah. finally got unblocked right after yeah. he gets shot by, by right. the same man right Right, well, it's sort of like uh, getting hit in the head for amnesia. Let's right. just hit you in the head again to <laughs> fix right. that. Yeah. I don't think this is the kind of therapy they recommend for PTSD <laughs> for real vets. No. Yeah, no. let's let's put you under live fire again. Right, right. No. So, to, to they, they zoom around a bunch, which is great, and yeah. Murphy manages to get away a little bit and yeah. lie in wait. He's figured out his gun right. can fire forward. It won't do all the tracking. But we do, as as a plot point, we do cut back to the television studio. This is this is the the line that I remember back in the television studio. Yeah. Of reporter um, calling on the telephone saying, they, "These guys, they sound like cops and feds." This is yeah. at one thirty eight twenty or so in right. the film. And, right. Right. Uh, and he says. They're stirring, They're stirring up, up trouble in the barrio, barrio to prove what that goddamn chopper can do. Chopper can do. Right. Yeah. Right. So I was a little off. I didn't have the goddamn chopper thing, but I had. I'm still very impressed by your memory. That was. But and... then he finishes. He finishes his line. So he doesn't have a lot of speaking lines. This is a big line in the movie. He says, "Yeah, you better tell Mario to take it easy on the sniper. This crazy sniper thing. This guy's the hottest ticket since Horatius. That cop up there just might the turn out to be the hottest ticket since Horatius at the bridge. Yeah." <laughs> What the fuck is Horatius at the bridge? I had to look this one up. Right? <laughs> okay, I didn't it's, research that it's, one. It's a class. It's from the classics, you know, and it's Horatius. Ah, my, was, my Greek literature. Roman was a Roman, Rome, a, Rome. Ro a Roman general that <laughs> defended Rome from attackers, uh, you know, during uh, and he he basically single-handedly holds off the invasion at the bridge while they take down the bridge so that they can't make it across. And you know all the all the rest of the 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 sentries and the the guards are incompetent or not helping, you know. And so mm. yeah, and so he he's oh, and he's wounded. He's he gets mortally not mortally actually he he gets wounded. He actually gets a spear in the, in the butt mm. as he falls into the river and flees after defending the bridge until it can get taken down and then. He's celebrated afterwards as as you know the the hero of Rome for the wow. while there. Yeah, but well, that so that, that this is, is a very erudite um, 
you know, uh, television uh, producer we that's got. That's right. Here. That's right. So, so that's it's it ties. So that's that's the character. So if the, you know, here's Murphy putting his own life on the line to save Los Angeles from right. the invading hordes of the military-industrial complex. I guess, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Well, he's absolutely Horatius at the bridge, which I'm I am now proud to know that reference. And boy, did that actor come a long way from the A1 steak sauce. Right. He was like, I have a stereotype I've got to get over here. You've got to give me a Roman classics reference so I can get over. (laughs) But still, the first thing you told me about him was the A1 steak sauce, so it didn't quite work. (laughs) You make a good TV commercial, it's all over from there. I made, my, I made my dad buy A1 steak sauce so I could put it on a burger. and t- It looked so good in that yeah, commercial. Yeah, right? I mean, it is pretty good sauce. But... <laughs> Horatius of the Bridge? Maybe not. But... Maybe not. It's, not. it's not quite Horatius of the Bridge. <laughs> so Best hamburger you'll ever have. Um, yeah, so they intersperse. There's good stuff. They're letting you know that you know justice has got a chance of being done here. The tapes are working. Yeah. But he's still in mortal danger, locked in combat, air combat. But I love this scene where Murphy gets to hide behind one building, yeah. and he thinks the guy's going to come the other way. Yeah. And he is pointing his cannon directly at an occupied apartment Apartment building, building yeah, across the right. street there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and in fact, when the bad guy comes... He misses and just gets several hundred rounds into the apartment right. building. Right, That was rough. Yes, yeah. I don't think that was really defensible with Murphy's character. Like, no, no. He should have he should have gone, because a couple minutes later, thank God they get to an abandoned building area to finish right. their fight. Right, yeah. He should have gone there first. Right, right. Rather it's than... just his life at this point, right? right. He's got to value right. the lives he... of the civilians. Right. Using the civilians as cover, probably not such a morally yeah, responsible move. As Well, a... I guess, you know what? Maybe once you've crossed the barbecue restaurant bridge, there's no going back. <laughs> <laughs> like, I used to eat at Amos's like once a week, man. Once a week, <laughs> When I burned that place down, there was no going back. There's no going back after the barbecue. He's hardened. He's cold inside. That's right. What's what's worth saving in the city anymore? Yeah. Yeah. I hated this fucking city. (laughs) And now the last good barbecue is gone. Yeah. Fuck it. I'm firing into apartment buildings. Come on, Pookie, let's burn this motherfucker down! But fortunately, they do now go to the abandoned building area and they get some nice cool low flying and they can fire at will without me having to have any civilian casualty guilt yeah because you know you do flinch a bit when you're like yeah gunfire ooh (laughs) (laughs) are people dying i mean thank god they're not showing the scenes inside where like mothers are crying over their children right yeah they move it right along they have a great fight scene they get to use the turbo turbo boost. It's called turbine boost. Turbine boost, yeah. That was so important. I mean, there's nothing better to a MacGuffin than it having a button that says turbo boost. Yeah, yeah. It's which, so. Which you wonder, and then, but after the fact, I wonder. Well, because he says now it's time to put your money where your mouth is, right? 
because he's about right. to do the maneuver that's impossible. Right. But really, he did it in a helicopter that didn't have turbine boost originally. So, right. Well, he also in this case does it starting with like fifty feet of ground altitude. Okay. Which, if I were going to try looping a helicopter, right. I'm not a professional pilot, but right. I'd get way up there first. Way up there first, sure. So yep. that I could lose a lot of altitude. So, yeah, yeah no, that, that that was the suspension of disbelief I had to always go in, which is they make it like Turbo is critical to help him. Right. And only in a copter that's so awesome as Blue Thunder could you really do this. Yeah. But yet, how did he do one like 10 or 15 years ago in Nam? Right, right. How did that one work? Yeah. Ah, oh, yeah. don't worry about it. Suspension of disbelief. Just don't worry about it. Right. Well, so to fill it in, it was a much lighter copter. It wasn't nose heavy with a giant gun on it. Yes, right. It's easier to loop. Right. And he got himself up to like 5,000 feet before yeah. he tried it. He says, this thing's nose heavier than the Ayatollah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which he really narrowed his um, audience rewatching this right. in the 2010s. Yeah, yeah. Not recalling the Ayatollah so much, but he was recently a great American villain. So he does the loop. The colonel still thinks it's impossible, such to the point with, though watching it, he does yeah. not react properly. Yeah. And then. That's impossible! He gets nailed. Yeah. And Murphy gets the tagline. That's right. Catch you later. Catch you later. <laughs> Which, did Schwarzenegger learn it from him? You're fired. I don't know, maybe. S saying cool things after you kill people? But you, you hope it brings him some closure, you know? I hope so. Yeah. You're yeah. not so yeah. tough without your car, are you? So well, then they... It, but it doesn't quite, because he has to do a few more things first, yeah. So then... Right. And they don't waste much time here with a big, like, how does this all turn out? They just, while still flying, he notices a freight train. He flies ahead yeah. of it. He lands on the tracks. We get the Casio watch one more time. Yeah. yeah. He tests himself. <clears throat> And um, he jumps out in time to be safe, and the freight train gets destroyed, blue thunder. Yeah. With a nice slow-mo showing the rotor blade hitting. Yeah. And they uh, have multiple camera angles on this, yeah. Right. I like, yeah. we're only doing this once, film right. it seven ways. Right. Because this shit is expensive. Um, very satisfying explosion, and then while he's walking away, freeze frame and titles. Yeah. With an exoneration voiceover, right, where it's like, oh, the conspiracy was uncovered, and yeah, investigations are ongoing, and yeah, yeah. So they make it clear that he'll probably be cleared, right. Although I hope there's some discussion of how many people he killed in at least the apartment building. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but in the end, you know, it was short. I appreciated that. They have some rockin' music to finish. And there weren't any really good jokes in the titles, like Top Secret. No. But I did notice that they did tell us, I believe, who Nude Yoga was. Yeah. Her character was Nudie Lucy. Nudie Lucy, that's right. Yeah, so I tried looking up Anna Forrest, but I got yeah. no information whatsoever. No. So, f let's talk about our ratings after the film. It had a good beat and it was easy to dance to. I, I immediately got a rating from my 15-year-old son, Alex, who said, I thought it was good. 
Yeah. Did you want to change any of your ratings in our different categories? I think I dropped everything, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I was not viewing it as an uh, action movie as I should have been. Yeah. Um, I was, and our ratings don't really have action components to it, really. So, political right. correctness, I dropped it a half a point. Nudity, I dropped it one. Well, let me come back to the political correctness. Okay. I actually moved mine up to three stars. Okay. I thought it was very progressive. The anti-police stuff, it really came through to me. Okay. The portrayal of PTSD, race relations being manipulated by the government. I was like, actually, there's a whole bunch of like liberal progressive ideas shining through here. Oh, okay. I All moved right. it up. Okay. I moved it down based on, you know, the barbecue shack scene. Ah, okay. uh, the, the Ayatollah. You're so sensitive. The, <laughs> the, I guess you really like barbecue. Uh, oh, the Ayatollah. The, the, Maybe I am biased against the, the Ayatollah. The, the Watts line. The um, But that's uh, a bad guy saying that line. Vinny well, little brother. Vinny well. They don't ask you to share his beliefs. It's true, yeah, because that's right. That's Bad right. people being racist is that's not right. anti-PC. Okay, all right. So you know what though? It's your rating. And the uh, the nude yoga scene actually in context of them actually just doing you know opportunistic peeping tom you know using their police helicopter yeah. kind of the zoom in on the breast scene. Ba -ba so. The zoom in on the breast scene is not sexy at all. I should probably punish them on the nudity rating for that. But you know the the nude scene with the woman. It is in the end. A close-up of a very beautiful and flexible woman. It's kind of ruined by Lyman Good's slavering, but if you're just looking for nudity, yeah, yeah, you know, if I leave that rating scale for that purpose, right, it's pretty high-quality nudity. Okay, you know, sweet dude, we can jump straight to the nudity. It's, it's such a uh, nudity. It's weird when it's combined with the violence. Yeah, combined. that was the thing. Yeah, is yeah. that that detracted for me? That's an yeah. issue. I should take it down for that. Now, how about the science stuff? The science stuff, I dropped it a half a point. There, I was being nitpicky. You know, I would have liked to have seen some SQL when they were actually going into the databases. <laughs> <laughs> SQL from SQL, yeah. a little SQL action yeah, there. Yeah, no way to way to expand our um, our audience there. <laughs> by making references to database languages, yes. Yeah. I felt like I was fine with most of the physical stuff they did in the film, although I would have started my heli loop at higher altitude. The issue is the coincidences and yeah. the helicopter data link being way okay. too good. Yeah. But the and the F sixteens feeling fake. They didn't behave that realistically, I thought, actually. No. Or the missile cam seemed goofy. Yeah. So how about the uh, social importance and impact? Yeah, you know, I dropped it by a full point. I don't think it deserved to be dropped by a whole point, though. Again, because it, cause it's an action movie, you know? I think that they weren't able to explore some of the ideas in it as thoroughly as uh, as they... Uh, right, as they warranted, right? right These are right. powerful ideas, and right. they're just and they in needed the background. To, and, yeah, and they needed to represent it with helicopter combat, you know? Right. So it's tough to get that the nuances of the discussion really with with all the just air to air and right. air, to, air to ground combat. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, I yeah. So I can't say that this movie impacted people. It was just an action flick. But 
when for the action lover with a conscience like yeah. me, yeah, it has a really liberal hero. Yeah. Yeah. He wants to police with a spotlight and a radio and not with a gun, right. if he can. Right. He, he knows the surveillance they could do is wrong. Right. And it, it impacted me, like, to see a hero like this. Yeah. And I think yeah. it even did at a young age. Like, he could have had a much different attitude about everything. Right. And he could have just been trying to save his own life. But in yeah. fact, he cared about all of the right big social issues you're talking about. Yeah. So... You know, there are things we might want, but we should say no because they are dangerous in the wrong hands. That, That is, like, such the intellectual hero. Like, we know we would trust Murphy with Blue Thunder. Right. But he knows that's not good enough. Right. And you still shouldn't have this helicopter, even if there's guys like me to fly it. Right, right. And so, like, I want to say, actually, like, four, four stars. Not that it did it for everybody, but it did it for me. Right. It impacted me with four stars. Yeah. Because of these copters, and you can run the whole damn country. Okay, yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons I love this movie so yeah. much, is that a lot of action movies I enjoy, I have to have a little guilt, because there is, like, some true political correctness missing, or glorification of violence, right? Yeah. Which is not a core value of mine. Yeah. And so I have to have that, that guilt on the backside of that action film. Yeah. And this relieves a lot of that for me because okay. of our hero yeah. and the things he says. No, that's... and he blows the thing up. Yeah, he does. Yeah, the helicopter. I it's love. not. Gonna, it's not going to necessarily stop the project, and it definitely didn't stop the TV series from happening. No, it didn't. Right, right, right. The TV series <laughs> says, "Forget all of that. Let's have that copter." Let's have that copter. And we'll just have nice guys flying that's it. Right. Ignore. Like, I, th I bet the writers of the film were, like, tearing their hair out, like, the fucking point is it's wrong. And you just went with it with, like, laugh track. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah, but it's also interesting that it's uh, the good cop, the exceptional good cop, is Murphy in Los Angeles, right? And then yeah. later on we get Robocop, which is Robocop. the exceptional cop. Murphy. Not nice shooting, son. What's your name? Murphy. In Los Angeles. No, that's Detroit, right? Detroit. Yeah. yeah. It is Detroit. Yeah. But it, I guess Murphy's a special name. Special name for a cop, yeah. All right, what about quotability? I don't, you know, I think they just didn't stick. Yeah. Catch you later, and we're following his leader, are great, along with... When I get up out of this chair, you'll see I ain't got no ass because the chief just chewed it off. The chief ain't chewed it all out. You still got a little ass there. That should be used by people much more often. Yeah. <laughs> but they didn't really stick. So in terms of, you know, the mileage, this was one star. Like, people don't quote this movie. Okay. I left it at two, yeah. We did. You're right. So yeah. I should go to the personal rating like yeah. I did for social impact. We got a little mileage out of it. So when I immediately rated it afterwards with Voodoo Stars, overall, I gave it four and a half. Yeah? I was like, you know what? It was fast and fun and helicopter battles over L.A. and nudity. It's a hell of a combination. Don't think about it. Four and a half. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like it. All right. What, what did you end with? Three. Overall? I took it down a half a star. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, somehow this movie I thought, just... I thought it jumped around a little too much. Mm -hmm. I think it could have been... Like a little smoother in the storytelling, yeah. but again, it's an action movie, you know. So right, I mean, like I think 
I did watch it with my son, and he he just thought it was a great action movie. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And then when I add in how I felt like I liked the morals of it, I gave it a high rating. Yeah. So Rotten Tomatoes showed eighty percent. Oh, okay. And I picked out a bad review and a good review. Let's hear the uh, the good review first. All right, Forrest Hartman of the Reno Gazette Journal. I've always had a weakness for Blue Thunder, which seemed terribly exciting during my teen years. More than two decades later, I can admit that it's not a great picture, but I still like it. Okay. Which is pretty much how I felt. Yeah. All right, the bad review was Dennis Schwartz from Ozus's World Movie Reviews, which I assume is like taking over the internet. He says, this police thriller is an incoherent mess playing out as a government conspiracy-themed techno-thriller obsessed over technology. Huh. I think that's a crappy-ass review. Yeah. I'm just going to defend my movie. You know you're a weak reviewer when you have to use words like techno-thriller. Right, right. Right? Because you're trying to, like, capture a whole lot there. Like, don't we all hate techno-thrillers? <laughs> okay. Although it is interesting, like, you know, one of the themes of the movie was privacy, right? It's a real, this helicopter was a real easy way to invade the privacy of anybody, really. It's like, uh, in today's online environment, it's nothing, mm -hmm. really, you know? It's, right. It's like... Right, the amount of like, intrusion. It's like, there's, that's nothing. It's like, so what? Big deal, you know? <laughs> Right. Someone's listening on the conversations, you know. Yeah, whatever. They do they, that all the time. Listening Everyone, to all of it, right? Yeah. I just realized why the nudity is not gratuitous. Yeah. Right. That the woman who does yoga in front of her open window on a hillside is an exhibitionist. Right. Right. They didn't have to peel away the curtains. Right. That's they were right. actually able to do it from. Yeah. You know, a legal place to stand. They didn't yeah. get on her property to do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's wrong what they did, but I'm just saying, like, it's okay to invade someone's privacy who invites you in like she did. Sure. Okay. Right? But Murphy knows it crosses the line right. to right. have these mics and the thermal scanning and recording people through closed windows and curtains. Like, right. you don't want the government doing that. Right, yeah. So that's the lesson they're trying to tell you, like, don't worry about your cops looking through somebody's open window when the woman feels like showing right. it off. That's yeah. not your problem in yeah. society. Okay. It's when the government is trying to do this other shit. That's what you should worry about. Right. And they even... See? Not gratuitous. He even... Uh, Jaffo even has the little line, you know, check out Big Brothers, uh, you know. Right. Yeah. In the Because right. they have the cockpit recorder, which he calls Big Brother. Yeah. Right. Jaffo has read... Uh, 1984, yeah. and knows the danger of the police state. Oceania has always been at war with East Asia. So I just wanted a few more commentary when I thought back after seeing it. You know, this was the first movie we picked that I really wanted to go and research. And yeah. I started typing shit in on the web browser. Okay. The, on my research is where I looked back and had forgotten that there was an 11 episode TV series. Yeah. You know, which meant it was not an R-rated TV series, right? No, right? But now I freaking remember watching it. Yeah? It was bad, and I watched it anyways. Okay, all right. It was, let me, let me, just to tell you how bad it was, I have the synopsis off of, it was like IMDb or something. Are you ready for this? Sure. I got a bad feeling on this. Okay. One. Lieutenant Frank Cheney of the LAPD is a maverick cop with unorthodox methods who is assigned to the Blue Thunder team, which uses a very advanced gadget-filled helicopter in its fight against crime. Blue Thunder, in quotes, 
is capable of great speed and maneuverability, can run silently in whisper mode, and is armed with the most powerful weapons in development. His partner is a fresh-faced rookie with the improbable name of Wonderlove. Oh, they let you pick any name you want when you get down there. And you landed on McLovin. <laughs> and ground support is supplied by ex-athletes Ski and Bubba, who drive a sophisticated van. Bubba is Hightower from the Police Academy. Yeah. Now, Matt. And the van is a total ripoff of the A-Team. But I pity the fool. Okay. Right? And it's just... I mean, and they have mustaches, and it would they would run around on the ground in the van and coordinate, and it was just, it was bad. Yeah. yeah. And I watched every one between that and Airwolf. I just kept going back. I needed my helicopter fix. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think this is what heroin or coke is like. The first hit is the best, being the Blue Thunder movie. And after that, you just try to keep getting back that first high. Yeah, yeah. So you watch Airwolf, and you watch the Blue Thunder TV series. Yeah. And it's weaker every time, and you start to feel ashamed every time you go back, but <laughs> you can't stop. Yeah. That's how much I like helicopters. Well, there were a lot of helicopters on TV. There was 240 Robert had a helicopter in it. Uh, 240 Robert? Yeah, 240 Robert was one of those helicopter shows. 240 Robert here transporting. Robert 2 is 10-8 responding to Zuma in 4. I'm going to have to look that one up. Magnum P.I., of course, had T.C. Magnum P.I. With uh, Island Hoppers tours. And then... Uh, what was the one with the three sort of private detective guys? Riptide. Riptide. Had the Sikorsky, the big pink Sikorsky, the Screamin' Mimi. Yeah. The Screamin' Mimi. That was awesome. Yeah. They used with, that. And Murray Bozinski with his robot. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I loved Riptide. Television. I loved yeah. Riptide. Yeah. That was good. I need to, that's one of those things that I need to go back and watch with a with these eyes. <laughs> right, right. With yeah, your current incredible store of wisdom and reevaluate. <laughs> or maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe it should just stay in my memory as the beautiful piece of of television history that that I yeah. think it is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So now recasting the reboot. Wanna... Recasting the reboot. Okay. I didn't prepare, but we could do it on the fly. I think a couple of things would have knocked this uh, up a couple notches for me. A better score. I mean, maybe at the time, the Sinclair 2, there's a lot of synthesizer work in this, which ties in with the techno kind of vibe of the movie. But um, It would have to be redone in the reboot, but I am a sucker for a synthesizer. Okay. So it worked for me, but you're right. You do, you do need to... You need a better score. Yeah, and then, um, and then I'm not sure which direction I'd take it. If I'd take it darker or lighter, I I think my first instinct was to go funnier, go towards kind of Dukes of Hazard kind of, you know, maybe Johnny Knoxville kind of, you know, territory with the the, the protagonist, but. Well, I I would think that the mindset of Hollywood of the last fifteen years would definitely be like go darker, go dark. Yeah. This is your Dark Knight Batman, not yeah. your you know suit with nipples Batman. But I'm Batman. I want to like rebound against that maybe. Yeah, like yeah. that's too easy. Like right. do it funny. Right. Do it funny and lighthearted yeah. and like. So would you actually maybe make like a PG thirteen where maybe yeah hardly anybody gets killed. 
Well, A-Team style, probably. Yeah, so, A-Team yeah. style. Right. Yeah. I love it when a plan comes together. Definitely. You can still manage most of it I have with the, some careful tweaking. And the bad guys would be a little more over-the-top bad guys, you know, with their conspiracy plans. Well, but you can. You're going funny. You can do whatever you want here. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I hadn't, I hadn't made it past the captain. I was trying to figure out who can take the place of Warren Oates, and I can't. I oh, couldn't man. really come up with a good Warren Oates substitute unless you could get Samuel L. Jackson or something. <laughs> well, I'm a mushroom cloud laying motherfucker, motherfucker. There, yeah. You know, oh yeah. <laughs> let let Samuel L. Jackson loose. <laughs> let him go nuts. Oh, but you know who I want as um, either Fletcher or no, the defense contractor guy is Christopher Walken. Oh yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. He gives some explanations of why this is a great thing. Yeah. He died of dysentery. Give me the watch. In the Christopher Walken way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But who's the, who plays the hero? Yeah, that's what I was trying to come up with. Like, oh, you mean Jaffo? Murphy. Oh, Murphy. Murphy and Jaffo. So Jaffo yeah. is a fresh-faced youngster. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, um, uh, Justin Long. Hello, I'm a Mac. Justin Long. He'd be good, yeah. <laughs> so he's your fresh-faced youngster, but who is the, who is the Vietnam, or the, it'd be now an Iraq war vet with right. PTSD, right. right? And I'm a PC. I mean, aside from Johnny Knoxville, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Johnny Knoxville, exploring PTSD in a funny way, or are you leaving that part out? <laughs> uh, I don't know, well, you know... It, I think it could probably be left in there. I mean, not everything would have to be funny. We're not talking like airplane kind of, you know, okay. comedy, you know, laugh a minute, but it could still have some depth to the character. All right, I'll, I'll walk in the pitch meeting with you and say Johnny Knoxville. I'll get on that train. I mean, this is this is why I was bouncing this off you. I don't know what if you, if you had any ideas or if you wanted to, if you were doing the, you know, dark, you know, if you were doing Blue Thunder Dark, you know, what would you go with that? I don't know. Oh, if we're doing Blue Thunder Dark, who's your who's your dark and disturbed? Oh, little... I'd go with I'd go with Vigo Mortensen, actually. Oh, yeah. Vigo. Yeah. I would have gone with you to the end. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. Yeah, Vigo would do it. All right, we are at two and a half hours. Let's try to wrap this guy up. Yeah. But that's not bad for us. We finished the movie. Yeah. What's our next episode gonna be? <laughs> I do kind of think we want to go further in the past. Okay. Got to do Oh God at some point. Superman? Yeah. Or what, what, what were that you was, thinking? Did you well, I was, I was about to say Oh God. Okay. No, let's do Oh God. Yeah. Let's do that one next. All right. That'll be a, a jarring change of pace from Blue Thunder. All right. So let's consider that a wrap on that one. But let's chat for a minute and we can cut this for editing but we might as well record it for posterity <laughs> okay so, so cut, cut here at 235 235 yeah so um all right you've suffered enough we could we don't need to we record the this recording part. yeah Okay. All right. Three, two, two, one. one. Stop. I I kind of like that discussion. I thought that went pretty well.